Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions, an opportunity for you to get a seat at the table. Glenn Lundy believes that if you can change the way people start their day, it'll make a massive impact in their lives. We've got some great speakers today, starting with Stephen Kuhn, transforming leaders who are at crossroads and unleashing their purposes. And Trevor Houston with guest speaker Courtney Poole, a certified personal trainer and kickboxing instructor. Become your greatest version of yourself by pulling up a seat and joining us on Breakfast with Champions. It's literally written there, who are you? And if you take a moment and sit with that question, you roll it around in your mind. If you're tempted to answer with, I'm Joe or I'm Susan, who is Joe or who is Susan? Imagine we're sitting across from the table from another and having a couple of drinks. If I ask you, what you want to be and where you want to go, could you actually answer that question without sort of flubbering around? Would you choke in your drink, swallow hard, and then stumble through a half-baked answer? Don't worry about it, really. Most can't answer that question anyway, which is why most never reach the highest level of greatness and achieve the quality of life that they actually envy. So identity is who you are and how you show up in the world. Most people actually don't know who they are, they have inklings and ideas or brief glimpses, but they pull back from them. Most people take on an external identity based on who their parents said they were or how they think they need to behave to get the treatment that they want. It's actually about getting away from every preconceived notion about who you think you should be and how you think you should show up in the world. Real leadership, we're talking about self-leadership here, stems from the true identity. It's what allows you to dominate in every space. Perhaps you've seen strong people in powerful leadership positions step out of the office into a social setting, and then all of a sudden, they act shy and out of place. This happens because they've stepped out of their power zone. They've allowed their strength and power to come from the title or position, not their identity. You've heard it before. You know who I am? I'm the CEO. You know who I am? I'm the manager. That's someone taking their identity from a position or a title. Many people, though, latch onto external things, whether it's accomplishments, accolades, job titles, or degrees, they grasp onto things outside of themselves and say, this is a part of my identity. Actually, that's what you did. It has little to do with your identity. The first external thing that people latch onto typically is, of course, their job title. But you're not your title. If you ask someone who they are, 95 to, 90 to 95% of the time, they tie it to a job title or an accomplishment or a career. You hear, I'm a consultant, I'm a forklift driver, or I'm a businessman. We are not the roles we occupy, and we sure certainly aren't who we were five years ago, for that matter. Not identifying, not identifying with a job title can be especially challenging for leaders because that's how society judges us. We can't blame society for doing this because that's the history of our world. Our last names came from the, um, the jobs that we had. For example, Schmidt was blacksmith. Miller ran a mill and Cobbler was a shoemaker. That's what they did. So it was normal for people to say, oh, there's Smith or there's Shoemaker. You know, you, I'm sure you know somebody who's named Shoemaker or Smith. Well, that's where that name comes from. But a lack of power outside of your title or accomplishments always spills over into other areas of your life, including your home life. Many men and women go home and have absolutely no power or presence. Their partner and kids don't respect them. They often think to themselves, man, I feel like I'm providing, I'm busting my butt, I'm you know, bringing home the bacon, but my partner still nags at me. And my kids, 
they willfully disobey. True power, sorry, power that comes from anything external to yourself doesn't carry over into every sphere of your life. The so-called power you obtain from your identity at work is not actual power at all. Just like happiness or, or fulfillment, true power can't be compartmentalized. The universal power we're talking about doesn't come from a title, it comes from within. And some leaders feel their title should carry into other areas of life. This is due to entitlement and expectation on the part, on their part, and because those feelings are associated with their title power. People are often put off by this, of course, because of that friction, even the power they feel they should derive from their title is lost. The external things you do to be a good husband or be a good wife don't give you power. The good things you do that make you a great partner are simply a byproduct of who you are. Think about that for a second. Your true identity will radiate true power and people will feel it. Any title that you obtain only amplifies the power you already have within. This applies not only to your identity, but to your purpose as well. And it's shocking because in my experience, right, working with some of the most influential people in the world, rock stars, politicians, um, or, you know, billionaires and these kind of things, we've seen some of them pull back into their true, their title identity to stay safe because it's their only place of power. I've had literally had public figures and powerful people worth multi-millions of dollars break down and cry because they really don't know who they are and they're not powerful outside of their position, so they feel trapped. What's worse is they can't, admit, they can't admit a lack of power because of the expectations of all those around them, especially those who lead. They've held on to their title as their identity for so long, what would people think if they were no longer that title? So getting into deep identity work isn't just for someone who's cowering in the corner, not getting anywhere in life. Deep identity work is meaningful and impactful for people who look like they're crushing it, specifically those who look like they're crushing it. If you want to break out and be the highest version of yourself, you must, you, 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 you must get past those outside influences. We call outside influences stamps on your identity. What stamps are you wearing? You have to move past those external stamps and ask yourself, how do I show up in the world for real? Who am I as a person? Not as a businessman, a mechanic, a soldier, a wife, a husband, or a barista but who am I as a person for real? After you internalize these teachings, you'll describe yourself differently, I promise you. People, people are gonna notice, and they'll, they'll see you on the street and they're gonna look back for a second, and not because you have you know, like big guns or a pretty face, <laughs> but because you have an undeniable presence. They will remember you, they'll be drawn to you, and they'll love being around you. You'll be different because you finally know who you are on the outside of what you do. Your power will come from within yourself and it'll be more than most people on the planet have or have ever experienced. So now what, right? So how, how do we move forward on this? Well, in our book, we work with a two word moniker for each identity. And of course it never stays static. So you got to accept the fact that it's always changing year for year, maybe every two years, maybe every three years, depending on who you are and what you do. So you got to accept that. My current two word moniker is powerful connector. And if I look into my life and I, can, I, and, I, and I look at everything that I do, and just as an example, we have an investment fund. I'm in M&A, mergers and acquisitions. I do a business advisory. I do what some people call coaching. I call it advisory. Um, I have a tribe of 15,000 veterans. I, you know, I, I, uh, I uh, consult a bunch of veterans. I'm a turnaround consultant. These are all things that I do, right? 
but that, that'll never be my identity. My identity and the one thing that I do in all of those different areas is I connect powerfully. So my two-word moniker that I came up with through the action steps that I'm going to take you through right now, so get a pen and paper, to start finding out who you really are. And I promise you, when you find out who you are, you're going to light up. You're going to see connections to things you've been doing and people that you know that you didn't realize were even there. It is one of the most powerful exercises that, that you can go to as a human being. If you want to check out the, the full book, go, go to humblealphabook.com. You can take the whole book. It takes you through this whole, this whole identity, purpose, and certainty. But as a man of actionable advice, you guys know me, I'm going to now give you some action steps to get you started. So if you're ready for this, grab a pen and let's get rolling. So some action steps will only take a few minutes, while some may take hours, days, even a week or two to solidify. Don't try and perfect these action steps. We always talk about imperfect action. Take action and keep making progress. Do the work, take the next action, and let all the action steps in this, in, you know, in this uh, list here build off one another. And you know what? You got this. I promise you, you got this. And this is an important thing. Action steps are things that are in your control. There's something that you can do. They aren't outcomes, which are things outside of your immediate control. That's why we always preach focus on the intention because that's the only thing you control. You do not control the outcome. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to decide, right? You're going to decide fully today that there's no turning back. You have fully decided to become who you really are. And it's final. You have finally committed to yourself to complete all the action steps that I'm going to list to you right now, because that's the beginning of uncovering your true identity or what we call unleashing your humble alpha. To explain that title, humble alpha, humble on the outside, alpha on the inside, power does not have to be released to the outside to be felt. It's like when you go to a light bulb, all the power is in the inside, but you feel the heat. That's a humble alpha. So first you're going to decide that today's the day. There's no turning back. I'm going forward as me. No more titles, no more taking my power from a position. I mean, you, I mean and, and I'm, I'm not stepping on anyone here directly, but if you listen to some of the people that, that introduced themselves over the last few days, you heard it. I'm a consultant. I'm a coach. I'm a father. I'm a, yeah, that's what you do, right? That's, that's what you do. That's your daily life. That's your job. That's your career. But who, who are you really? Um, Scott Simons nailed it. You know, he said who he is, um, uh, you know, also what he does, but who, who he is. And um, there's a, a couple others in here that actually nailed it as well. So I was, was, I was listening. You, you notice I didn't introduce myself, right? Because I was listening. <laughs> so letting go of your old identi identity is crucial for growth. That doesn't mean get rid of it forever. That just means let go of it for a second. So you're going to do three things here. You're going to identify by listing out all aspects of your identity you want to let go of. Write out all you can think of. Make it super clear what they are. For instance, my ego right? My ego behind my title might be a little bit pretentious. Maybe I should let that go, right? Or I revel in the fact of being called the CEO. Is that, does that help my power? Maybe it worked, but a title doesn't make you a leader. Maybe I want to let that go, right? Then after you identify and list out all the aspects that you want to let go of, you accept it. Sit down, think about them, and accept these aspects you're letting go. You can't change the past anyway. So just accept it, right? 
really visualize it and look at it. And then what you're going to do, and this is really cool, and Glenn preaches this, and so is everybody else up here on stage, is appreciate, fully appreciate these aspects for what they are, what got you to this very moment, and revel in them, man. And then let them go. Okay, step three, activate your humble alpha identity or your true identity. This could take one to three hours, so write this down and do it later. <laughs> you may even break them into multiple sessions if, if you have to, if you don't have time. You gotta define your two-word moniker of your personality. And the two-word moniker, we use that because it's a descriptive factor that can fit into all areas of life where you operate, right, as a human, as Scott or Jay Lissa or Alpha Six or Kavan, you know, it doesn't matter where, where you operate. So you gotta break down your two-word moniker again. I'm in five different um, businesses, but I do one thing in all those businesses. And that's I powerfully connect. I connect with people powerfully. I connect people with each other powerfully. I connect investors with projects, projects with investors. You know, so I'm always that person. And when you realize this, you will be unstoppable. And I promise you, there's nothing you can't do. Check this out. So I live in a small village in Hungary. 2,000 people in the freaking middle of nowhere. I, got, I literally have chickens I'm looking at out, out my back window right now from the neighbor. And yet I'm working on an investment fund in New York. We have the tribe. We have M&A all over the world. I own equity in 22 companies. How can I do that from here? Why? Because I'm a powerful connector. And I leverage that as much as possible. Talk to Scott. I'm connecting him to people. He's connecting me to people. That's what I do. Right? So... Defining your two-word moniker can take some time. If you want more information on this, go to humblealphabook.com. Um, you can get a free excerpt. I think that part's in it. Then this is really, really powerful. You got to define your hows. Define your how. How do you treat yourself? How do you treat your mind? Oh, yeah, that internal dialogue. You know exactly what I'm saying, right? How do you treat your body? Here's a big one. How do you treat your family and friends? Be honest about that. How do you treat your family and friends? Are you grumpy when you get back from work? Do you feel sort of left out if people are out outside and doing their thing and they, they come back and your wife or your husband comes back all happy and you're not happy because they're happy? I'm talking from experience here, so I'm not just making this stuff up. I've had those times, my, my first wife. How do you treat strangers? That's a big one. How do you treat that person that you see every single day begging for money. How do you treat that person that's in front of you in the uh, checkout line at the grocery store? It's taking way too long to get their checkbook filled out if they still do that in America. I think they do. How do you treat them? What are you thinking when that person's doing that? You put yourself in their shoes. You say, oh, come on, I'm in a hurry. Let's go. Well, guess what? Life's not about you, right? Everyone else's life isn't about you. How do you treat your business? Do you treat it like a business? Do you have respect for your business? Do you invest in your business? with your time, your energy, money. These are the minimum categories. As many as you can think of, just start, start listening them off. How do I treat strangers? How do I treat myself? How do I treat my kids? How do I treat my dog? How, you know, what, whatever it is, all these different treats. How do you treat the world around you? And once you, you solidify this, you're going to start living by this identity. And there's no, there's no turning back. No matter how much you feel like snapping back into that old identity, that old title of, who you are or whatever, you know, I, I, I have an MBA from the UK, right? Pretty, pretty good school. And, you know, I, I did what everybody else did, right? I put it on my LinkedIn account and because that's what you're supposed to do, right? And 
looking at it and says, why, why is that even there? What am I trying to say with that title on the, on the back of my name, right? What, what, what's the point? And, you know, it, it turned out, I guess I was just trying to, you know, get some kind of identity to help me um, feel powerful. And that, that was something that I took away, took off of there really quick once I figured that out. So, and here's something that everyone should do. And as you know, as an implementer, be sure to set a deadline for each step. This deadline will ensure you prioritize the action steps and make continual progress. And a deadline isn't like, oh, I'll have it done in two weeks from now. It's looking at the calendar right freaking now and setting a deadline on the exact date you will have it completed. And make these action steps a priority in your life. Now, I, we get asked all the time, Lane Ballone is my co-author. He's 32, I'm 54. We're like brothers. We live this principles. We have five principles in the book that we live by. And you can read about it if you want. But all of it and every single part of our success, our love, our joy, the relationships that we have, the uh, offers we get, um, all come down to this one thing. People know we're consistent. People know who we are and they know where our power lies. And when someone knows where your power lies, they're going to ask you for that power. And if you're so inclined and it's a partner or it's someone you can trust, then you can give them that power as far as your, your, your uh, skill set go. If I know that there's someone out there that's very powerful in one thing, but I know I don't know anything about them otherwise, and they're sort of a different person online than they are offline or behind the scenes or different than they are in front of the scenes, then I'm probably not going to engage them. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm probably not going to walk up to them and say, hey, let's do something together. This is why we get offers. You know, I was, I was on 150 podcasts in the last 12 months, not including uh, keynote speeches and um, bookings for keynote speeches into the future and virtual summits and all these kinds of things. Why is that? Well, this is the second part that I'm going to run through real quick. Because I know who I am, because I have my identity of a powerful connector, I can present myself. When someone asks me who I am, I can present myself. And the way, the way you present yourself, especially here on Clubhouse Friends, because it's only a verbal app, and they can't see you, they can't get distracted, they're listening to you, and that's it. And there's a few things. If you want to check out my Instagram page, I actually did a post about this this morning, and this is what made me decide to do this. There's a few things that you can do to, to absolutely crystallize your message. And this may not always apply to everything, but this is a, a good outline. The first thing is, what actually do you want to say? A lot of people get on stage and they start talking and they're not really sure what they want to say. Why? Because you can tell. I mean, how can I tell? Because they're using filler words like and, and um, yes, and, um, and then uh, all these filler words, right? It's wasting time. It's making you look uncertain. And certainty is the magic in life. People buy into your certainty and then they buy your product or your service. When you're certain, it's almost doesn't even matter what it is that you say. So here, here's a few tips. What do you want to say? Are you saying it to the correct audience or the, to the correct demographic? Do they even, are they even interested in it? How concise can you be? Can you break it down to the smallest points and only have those top points? You know, this is the thing. When you draw attention to yourself because you're concise and clear and accurate and certain in your voice, people are going to look you up. You don't have to tell them everything. And you know what? It's great for me to find out what Vernita's up to when I go out and follow her and see what she's doing. Or I want to see what Scott Simons is up to, right? 
when when people introduce themselves, you don't have to tell them the whole story. Or Jay Lissa, for instance, you know, I've stalked her for a while, or I mean, followed her for a while. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, so so <laughs> so how concise can you be? You don't have to tell the whole story. And here's a big one: people remember things in groups of three. You even you even sleep in in, in uh, thirty minute sessions, or, you know, thirty sixty ninety minute sessions. So when you deliver something, deliver one point, three point, six points, or nine points, or however it is in groups of three, I would say say between th between three and six. So either you have one point, three, or six. And here it comes. Are you cutting out the filler words that I just said? Um and uh yeah mm hmm yeah. And do you have tangible action steps to add value? And are you recapping it at the end? So this is how it's going to go. You're going to know what you're going to say. You're going to have the correct audience. You know, they, 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 they want to hear what you want to say. You're going to be concise about it. You're going to have one to three to six points that you're going to go over. Then you're going to have cutting out the filler, the filler words, and you're going to have tangible action steps to add value. And you're going to recap it all at the end. Why? Because when I talk, I want you to go away and have an impact. That's my mission in life as a powerful connector. I want you to go away and say, damn, that was good. Now I can do something to change and use what he just said. And imagine if everyone here did that. Imagine if everyone here gave action steps. If, if everyone here recapped what you were saying at the end. Good Lord, where would we be? Think about that for a second. All right. So just to recap, as I just said, <laughs> we're gonna, we, we talked about finding your identity. Who are you? You're not your title. You're not the CEO. You're not the whatever, right? You are you. Find out who it is. Find out your two-word your two-word moniker. Go through the action steps, which are decide, let go of your old identity, and activate your true identity, or what we call your humble alpha. And then, when you're ready, and tomorrow Glenn asks you, "Hey, Alpha Six, who are you?" You're gonna bust it out, and it was gonna fall off the stage because you're gonna be you're gonna know what you're gonna say. You're going to know it's the correct audience. You're going to be concise. You're going to have one, three, or six points. You're going to cut out all the filler words. You're going to have action steps, and you're going to recap. If you do that, people will follow. I promise you. Get ready for your followers to increase. All right. That's my segment for today. we got five minutes left for any questions. Uh, I'd love to hear from anyone. Any comments and questions? I just want to go since you just said my name. I am. <laughs> I am a self-actualizing human being. That's the whole story. That's All right. Thing. So, Stephen, you know, Tony Robbins points out that capability is constant, but your identity will decide how much of that capacity you use. So it really matters if you know who I am. Because if Amen. you don't know that, you won't use your full power. Never reach your highest potential. That's right. I'm done just because of the time. I'm going to cut it right Roger there. That. Roger that. Anyone else? Hey, Stephen, I'll jump in. Bernita Adele. Um, a pleasure to hear you this morning. And uh, I, I was going along word for word as I just finished chapter one in uh, Humble Alpha. And uh, I, I'm i going to actually finish the book today. I'm taking a, a six-hour drive upstate to see my parents and for the holiday. And uh, want to just say out loud something that was uh, emphasize, you talked about the action steps, is that we can come here all day, every day, but if we don't take the time to do the exercises, take the action. So even though I am going to listen through one time, I want to, you know, out loud commit 
that my intention is that I will do every single one of these exercises. And I also want to commend everyone who took time to introduce themselves today. It was a practice. And uh, I know for me, it, it had me step outside of my comfort zone because I want to take uh, the what I do to the next level and understanding who I am to the next level. So every single opportunity that I have to stretch and then also to listen, learn, and to take action on the things that I'm learning, that's what I'm going to do. So I wanted to add that, uh, Stephen, and looking forward to reading and learning more. Vernita. Yeah, Vernita, I, I see you take action because you write me and you give me updates, and that's that's fantastic. You know, there's not many people to do that. They'll they'll they'll, they'll send their two word moniker, but you're giving me uh, you know ongoing updates like a baseball game. I love it. <laughs> and I would hey. love to have Vernita and Alpha tomorrow on Who the Heck Are You? Yes. Hashtag Rising Grind. So if the two of you are available tomorrow yes. morning, I'd love to have the both of you on. And uh... all right, Glenn, I'm there. Stephen, uh, this is Monica speaking. Yes. And I know I spoke this morning, but I really had to pop in today because when Scott asked us this morning to say, who are, are you? I was so nervous because I was running around here getting my clothes on. And, and I thought immediately of your identity section in your book, which I went through. And I was so thrilled to hear you just say that the two word moniker, because this is hard for me to do but the two word moniker is always changing. And I thought, oh my God, praise Jesus. He said that because <laughs> I'm, I am really, I've been really like waffling between authentic connector and enthusiastic encourager, you know? And I deliberately this morning when Scott said, who are you? I deliberately did not say what I do because I was thinking about what you wrote in the book. That's why I began with, with I believe statements. This is what I believe, which leads to kind of in, in, and informs what I do. And Stephen, you know, and I know that one of the greatest influences in our lives is the people around us and the people that are in our inner circles. And one of the greatest ones in our life has, is our grandfather. And this is another thing that I think plays into that humble alpha chapter that you created on identity. When we think of people that we love and respect, like our grandfather that we grew up with, we don't think of them as what they do. We never think of them as what they do. We always think of them as who they are, and how they show up in the world and the impact they made on people. And that is such a wonderful touchstone to think about when we're trying to describe who are you. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to speak. I am Monica and I am <sighs> Okay, everyone, that was my cousin, Monica. We grew up together, we hung out together in central Pennsylvania, what we call central Pennsylvania. And she's talking about our grandfather, uh, which brought tears in my eyes because we miss him dearly. He was an amazing guy, just like most grandfathers are. <laughs> I think that's it. Any any last questions? I know it's 1300 right now, or sorry, 7 p.m., your, 7 a.m. your time. Any other questions? Otherwise, I'll turn it back over to Mr. Lundy, who's going to turn it over to Joy and Eliza. Hey, Steve, this is Silk. Good morning, everyone. I just want to say thank you. I am right now unwrapping this gift that you've given to this room. I appreciate you, Glenn. You have the most amazing rooms. I'm always receiving value. And Vernita and Alpha, I cannot wait till tomorrow morning. Hopefully, I'll be able to get up on time. I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Silk. I love it. Over to you, Glenn, or is it Joy and Liza, as you wish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just going to be Joy and Liza. Uh, that was a super powerful 30 minutes right there. Stephen, you always bring so much value, man. It's such an honor and a pleasure and a, I mean just a privilege to be able to run with you in this incredible way 
key takeaways, all the points. If you haven't read Stephen's book, The Humble Alpha, make sure you go and grab that. You're going to want to dive into that. It's powerful, powerful, powerful stuff. Knowing who you are, knowing your identity, being able to speak confidently. And like Stephen said, when you when you know who you are, you will attract your tribe. They, you will attract them. You don't have to go hunt them down. They will come hunt down so super super powerful stuff and yes bernita awesome glad you're gonna be on tomorrow alpha i hope you can make it he didn't respond so i don't know it's a little early for alpha but he's all yeah but i don't know <laughs> i might look I could, like a cookie monster at two two o'clock in the morning <laughs> i could i could tell when you didn't unmute i was like alpha's but he has not quite committed yet. He is not fully in on being on video at 2 or 2.30 in the morning his time. Um, but we're, we're going to work on that. Uh, but, yes, we're going to continue uh, here today on Breakfast with Champions. This is Breakfast with Champions, Millionaire Breakfast Club, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with those that are doing some of the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We are here Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time. We're also here on Saturdays from 6 to noon. I'm trying to find that hot mic. I can't find it. Can y'all find that hot mic? There's a hot mic somewhere. There we go. Um, Also, Saturday, 6 to noon, bringing you motivation, education, inspiration, and an opportunity to be a fly on the wall, to maybe ask a question, just to hang out with these amazing superhumans like Steven and take just dimes, man, pearls, wisdom. Take that with you every single day. We're also here on Sundays with Club 111, led by Darian Sanders, himself Broadway performer, amazing superhuman husband, father, and lover of Jesus. He runs our Club 111, so make sure you attend that 111 p.m. Eastern time on Sundays if that's your jam. Hit that plus button, invite some people into the room. We have plenty of room here at the breakfast table, and that really is how we look at this. I know the app has a stage and an audience, but we just see it as one big, massive breakfast table where Douglas and Melissa and Dexter and Vernell and Jada and Beatty and Sarah and Patty and Caleb and Barrett and Dion and Ryan and Tina are all just hanging out together at the breakfast table, changing the way we start our day. And I'm here to tell you for a fact with confidence that if you change the way you start your day, it'll make a massive impact in your life. Just straight facts, folks. That's all we're dealing with here today. Straight facts. Make sure you follow our club up there in the top, um, Breakfast with Champions Millionaire Breakfast Club, so you get invited and notifications anytime any of our awesome admins open a room or we have special events, so you're going to want to make sure to do that. And uh, most importantly, just contribute, connect, network with other people that are in the room, uh, send DMs, talk in the back channels, do all of those amazing things, because that's really what Clubhouse is all about. It's about networking and connection, and it will enhance your experience if you do all of those things. So with that said, I'm going to hand it over to Joy and Liza, I believe. Are they on the stage? I see Miss Liza. Of course we're here. Of course we're here. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning, Joy. Hey, champions. Guess what? The Breakfast with Champions podcast airs live every single day, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. only on the Clubhouse app. So make sure to download Clubhouse and go check out Breakfast with Champions. You're not going to regret it. See you there. Good morning, love. 
I'm like, I just look forward to Tuesdays and Thursdays at seven, seven, eight. It's like our own happy hour. And I hope everyone's having a wonderful start to their day. I kind of feel like me and Glenn are on the same uh, wavelength this morning. I literally woke up in a cold sweat like, oh my gosh, looked at the clock and I hopped in here and the show had just begun. So thank you, Glenn, for making me feel like, um, you know, life ain't so bad when uh, you think that you're running late, but you're actually right on time. So good morning, everyone. I'm so glad that everyone is here. We love having each and every one of you join us in the mornings. And Liza and I absolutely adore this hour. So we're going to get rocking and rolling, Stephen. What a great segment. I cannot stress what a great book Unleash Your Humble Alpha has been. So if you haven't already, go ahead and grab a copy of that. I promise you won't be the same. And that two-word moniker has been awesome for me too, Stephen. So thank you so much. So today we're going to talk through a couple things. Um, I'm going to start out with kind of a story and we'll kind of tie this back momentarily. But a couple years ago, I went on a retreat with a bunch of my girlfriends and it was just a great time to be at our friend's lake house, get away from just life and connect with each other. And we did a really great exercise of creating vision boards. It was around the beginning of the year. And we said, what a great way just to be together, to dream bigger, to just come to a tranquil place and walk away changed. And I ended up getting super into this vision board project. I was there for just hours, just doing my thing. Well, in that, I was cutting out these words and this word just dropped into my spirit in the most vivid, vivid way ever. And it was the word chatter. It was spelled C-H, the at sign, A-T-T-E-R. And I was like, well, that's weird. Chatter, what's that supposed to mean? And so as I talked through it with some of my girlfriends, I said, I don't know, this word just dropped in my spirit. I don't really know what I'm supposed to do with it. And of course, on social media, everyone's like, oh, what's your handle at, you know, on social media for me, I'm at jump for joy 4089. That was actually my AIM screen name, middle school. So, you know, how to keep that alive. But I was thinking, what does this word chatter mean to me? And what really was impressive on me was this idea of chatter cultivating conversations that matter. And I thought it was going to turn into a podcast or some type of group or something like that. And so I was talking to Liza yesterday, I said, you know, this word has been dropped in my spirit for two years at this point. It's on my vision board. I don't really know what to do with it. And I thought it would be so perfect for us to talk through, you know what, how do we cultivate conversations that matter, not just here in Breakfast with Champions, but on Clubhouse in general. So we really were thinking, hey, what are those conversations that matter to you? What are the conversations that haven't maybe haven't been discussed here in this room or on this platform? I know sometimes you can scroll the hallways and you see consistent rooms about consistent topics and Maybe you're sitting there thinking, hmm, there's a topic that I'm really passionate about, or maybe there's an area of expertise that I want to learn more about that maybe no one's brought to the table yet. So we thought it'd be so cool this morning just to use our hour to really hear from you guys. What are those conversations that really matter to you that we could bring to the table? And then in the future, we can really take that information because there is such depth of insight and expertise on this stage in this room that I guarantee you that if there's a topic you want to hear about, there is 
um, someone who can definitely make an impact in your life. So we would love to hear kind of the topics of interest to you um, and we can kind of go from there. So Liza, I'm curious from your perspective, is there a topic or an area or a conversation that you would love to hear more about either here on Clubhouse or in this room that we could definitely bring to the table moving forward? Joy, I, I loved when you brought up this topic last night and we were we were just trying to figure out, you know, how do we take this hour and continue to what what I always talk about personally and in our company, which is to move lives forward. You know, how, how do we bring not just new subject matter, but how do we approach subjects in continuously challenging ways to help us think, to help us take action items the way that Stephen just shared with us during his segment. And um, we have such incredible brain power and knowledge here that, um, I think that even oftentimes without a subject, the way that we approach a subject creates wonderful conversation. So, you know, one of the things, and and I don't know, there are a lot of rooms on Clubhouse about this, but I will share a subject that I'm interested in and have connected with several people from this breakfast table around, and that's the area of sustainability. Um, you know, we hear a lot about it in the corporate world about how do you uh, be, uh, what is your focus on corporate sustainability? How does it match with who you are as a company, how do we give back to our environment and being in the auto industry and everybody knows that transportation is the number one greenhouse contributor to greenhouse gas emissions. It's a subject that I've challenged myself with and really tried to embrace and figure out how I can be a solutions provider in this space. So um, sustainability is, is a subject that at some point, if we've got some subject matter ex experts at our breakfast table, I would love to have as a topic um, and not in a political manner but just understanding how we look at sustainability from all different perspectives and, and how we can continue to give back. So that's one subject that I would love to put on the table, Joy, as I, and I'm gonna be starting a list. So as everybody's popcorning around today and adding, I'm gonna take a list and not just for our hour, but we'll share this list across the entire um, breakfast table and all the moderators so that any topics that you're a subject matter expert or you might wanna bring a, a speaker or an author or, or someone into our room, I will share this list out, Joy. So. I'll be the note taker as well this morning. Yes, I, I love that. Yeah, who's speaking? It's Lily. I was just gonna nominate Kimberly, who's already up here on the stage, because she is an expert in sustainability and she's been doing this as a UN advisor. So I want to just put her on the list for that topic. Awesome, thank you so much, Lily. I'm jotting that down right now and going to uh, ping over to Kimberly a little bit later. Thank you. I like the nominations, Liza. So maybe as we bring topics to the table, um, maybe, you know, my mom said, you know, sometimes people don't want a tooth thrown horn, but beep, beep. So the Bible says, let another's lips praise you. So if there's someone that you think, hey, here's a great topic, and maybe William is the best person to bring to the table, or maybe David is an expert in you know certain area, then I kind of like the nomination too. So we could kind of bring more voices at the same time. Love it. All right, let's get some mic. I love that you said Kelsey, let's beep beep over to Kelsey. Kelsey, what topic thought... would you like to, uh, for us to potentially bring to Breakfast with Champions at some point? Oh, I uh, love this. Sorry. Uh, actually out on my run now. Um, so the topic that I would love to talk about um, is, um, I would say, starting companies. I think a lot of people 
want to get their own thing up and running, but don't know where to start and or don't know how to take their companies to the next level. So maybe some like company audit, somebody that's really good at, like I know Bill does a really good job in his segment. Um, so I'm going to nominate him. Um, but I would say, you know, just kind of, uh, forcing people to take a look uh, at the inner workings of their companies and seeing where they could become more efficient. I like that. I'll go. Um, I know for me, I am super interested these days in just health and wellness. Um, I feel like we have so many experts here at the table. I know Michael Huey and I talk all the time about um, just ways that you can almost gamify our health. And I know for me, I live in chronic pain. So I know there are so many things from a health perspective that targets arthritis and those who live in pain that can really be of a benefit from just a diet nutrition standpoint. So that would be something I'd be super interested in hearing more about. Um, and I know that I can volunteer Michael Huey, you'd love to do that, right, Michael? <laughs> hey, tomorrow morning, tomorrow morning, I'm me and Nico are doing a specific thing on that very topic, Joy. So you are a prophet and didn't know it. Ping me in for sure. Michael Huey, why hey, Joy, you... it's a little, just a hair off topic, but um, somebody else notice how sexy Ashley looks in his picture there. Ashley, Ashley Chipman. Can we get oh, some, um, some I tips that as well. from Ashley on, um, you know, how you wake up like this? We have all have questions. We all have questions, Ashley. You're the, the mic is yours. We'd love to know what are a couple of tips and tricks um, where you can wake up looking like this. We need to know. Oh, come on, Ashley. Come on, Ashley. Don't be shy. Well, he looks great. I'm just saying. Totally, Glenn. I love it. Maybe he's Go doing ahead. a PTR for Mark's photo. Maybe he's going to do an update and go to Mark's photo next. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. Oh, my goodness. Gary, Ashley, I love so, you, man. So distracting. Well, Glenn, Gary. since you've got the mic, what are, what are some topics that maybe we haven't heard here at the breakfast table or maybe on Clubhouse in general that might be of interest to you? Um, topics that we haven't heard on Clubhouse. Or things that uh, are just of interest that you're like, dang, like I'm passionate about this and would love to hear more conversation around it. You know, I think that uh, maybe, maybe for my, my, my wife's sake, um, you know, some more, some more topics just around like parenting and stuff, right? Uh, we're really reaching, I was looking last night, we were over at my, at my mom's house and, uh, all the kids were sitting down eating little, uh, mini, mini blizzards for dessert. And they were in a big pile, all seven of them in the same space. And it's like, golly, like they're starting to get bigger. They're starting to eat a lot. We're starting to run into some, uh, you know, Savannah's 11 now. So the hormones are starting to kick in and all the different personalities are starting to show up and man, it's a lot. 
dude, it is a lot. And, so, and all those girls, I think we need yeah. like parenting tips on teenage <laughs> girls, girls, tweens, tweens. And I think Liza has a tween. Oh, you're in for all kinds of fun stuff, Glenn. I'm so sorry to I be know it. Yeah. So I think maybe uh, some stuff around that would be, you know, helpful. Just, um, you know, just really how to keep the dynamics, the family dynamics and parenting and things like that. I think there could be some great conversations around that. Y'all know I don't have kids, but I look at, I'm from a big family and I look at my parents, and I'm like, how in the entire world did y'all do this? You know, where you can see the gifts and talents in your kids, where you can fill in the gaps as much as you're able and to encourage your kids in the areas where they're great. And my parents always said, hey, as long as it's legal, operative word, we'll support you 150%. So Glenn, I feel you, all those personalities and um, gifts and talents that you start seeing in your kids. And you're like, oh my gosh, like you're a great artist or you're a great athlete or you've got so much you know, talent in this area. How can I encourage you in those ways? Um, I know in my life that has made the biggest difference that my parents weren't trying to put us in a box of you know, oh, you're going to be an athlete and you're going to be a musician and you're going to do this. That's what I wanted to do. Um, but I think it's would be super hard parenting in 2021, right? Technology, social media. Um, so I know a lot of people are walking through that same road. So I love that. Hey, hey Joy. Joy. Hey, can I Hold on, on one sec. I was just going to um, comment back on Glenn. I'm, I'm doing a, a room tonight, not on Clubhouse, actually through YPO on I'm listening in on something for uh, how to raise accountable kids. So I will look forward to bringing some of those helpful hints. And one of their comments was, not only is it around accountable kids, but how can you even apply this in your business? So maybe it would be relevant to even people here who don't have kids. So I will look forward to bringing some of that knowledge after I listen in this evening. Hey, Joy, this is Gina. I'm here uh, in the blue background with the red dress. Good morning. And, uh, good morning. Uh, so, I'm the co-founder of the Mom Link, which is a community of moms and mompreneurs here on this app. I would love, love, love to talk about parenting with some other folks. We have, I mean, you guys have Lachelle Atkins. She's got 15 kids, y'all. America's super mom. We have conversations around parenting and being a mom and a mom in business all the time. Paulette's below me. She's in those rooms with me a lot. I would love, love, love to partner with a few people and have that conversation one day. Gina, you got it. You are on the list and we're going to make that happen. Awesome. Thank you guys. Absolutely. I know Darian, you were flashing your mic. Good morning, friend. Morning, beautiful. Morning, beautiful. Good morning. I uh, honestly was piggybacking off of what Glenn was talking about. Um, I think so many times people in position, people in power, uh, people that have authority or have a voice or a platform, find it a hard time to get authentic and get real. So I was just processing through what does it mean to be just authentically vulnerable, but then creating space to where, honestly, like so many times when we start telling stories and start doing things, we get into almost a position of wanting to one-up somebody. So figuring out a way that we can get authentically open and every, you know, we have some serious segments, some lighthearted segments, but then just the process of walking through building community that you can get authentically open with. Um, and what does that look like? How do you build that community, um, both on the app and outside the app? I love that topic, you already know. And I think sometimes when you're in big spaces and 
you know, lots of personalities, lots of backgrounds, lots of, um, you know, opinions, right? I think authenticity is all we have when we have our voice. And so I know that's why so many of us love Clubhouse is because you can hear people's heart, you know, from the inside out. It's not an edited picture or video. And I think a lot of times, Darian, what I love so much about you is that to see vulnerability in men is one of the top listing attributes in my world where if you let people see who you are unapologetically and say, you know what, like, here's the things that I'm struggling with. Here's the things that keep me up at night. You know, um, I guarantee you that you're not alone. And I think that's where we make incredible heart connections with others is by saying, hey, here's who I am, good, bad, ugly, and the absolute diabolical, and you love me anyway. So I absolutely love that, Darian. Who's next? I'll jump in this. Oh, go ahead, Dad. Sorry, man. Uh, real quick, but that right there, that topic you just said, Joy, vulnerability in men, getting real, mental health of men, that type of stuff. There's, there's not enough. Well, there is space for it, but there's not enough of us stepping up to do it, right? So that's all I had. You need a few good men, and Coach, you are on the list, so I love that. I agree. I, I think we should nominate Coach, and I'll just say this to extend what Coach was saying. Um, got the most important thing that I believe we neglect, and we were talking about this um, in a big room this week, is accountability. And what it means to have people that you can go to, and I shared this, that one in 10 men, women are way better at this, that's why you and Liza flow really good together, is, is that one in 10 men have somebody that they feel like they're comfortable talking to, and one in 20 have a best friend. So I think that we could talk about accountability. Um, I nominate coach. Did you say one in 20 men have a best friend? Yep, yep, it's kind of sad. Yeah, I believe that. Oh I my really goodness. Would. Like, that's like a shocker to me. And I always, I've had this conversation with my dad, you know, where I'm like, girls just talk about all kinds of things with their girlfriends. You're having a bad day, call your girlfriends. Oh, you need a girl's night out. And I could probably see that where if men don't want to get vulnerable with each other, because that's not what men do, quote unquote, and you don't have a shoulder you know, when you're going through something heavy and you have nowhere to put it down, then how isolating that can be that you're just holding on to all of those feelings by yourself and you've got no one to share it with that you trust. So Yeah, we were I in a we were in a joy, we were in a group. Yeah, we were in a group joy of twenty men. And when I said that, I said, Raise your hand if you fall in that category. And only me and my pastor were the only two out of twenty that raised their hand that felt like they had somebody they could talk to or that they had a best friend. So yeah, you're completely spot on. Women are really good at it. Men, we suck at it. Well, let's open the conversation. I love so that. Joy, I'll jump sharing. in real quick. Oh, yeah, sorry, go I don't for know it. who was speaking. Go ahead. Is that Mario? Yeah, it was, but I heard a woman speaking before me, so she can go ahead. I'm not sure who it was. Mario, it was Liza, and I was just going to make sure I had written down who we thought uh, could be helpful in the conversation around mental health. Um, so anyone that you all wanted to nominate could be in that conversation. Otherwise, I would love to pass the mic over to you, Mario. I nominate hey, Dr. You, Janie. Me too. I Absolutely. Dr. Janie too. Perfect. I've got her. Go ahead, Mario. 
Hey, good morning, champions. I just wanted to say I, I would nominate Coach as well. Uh, I think we need more men. Like I said, just being able to be vulnerable, that's not a hard thing to do. And there are a lot of people that I know, and uh, for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, in this room right now who are struggling with a lot of things, but they don't feel like they have a safe place uh, to go to someone because, uh, to be honest, uh, not everyone is qualified to help you. So I think just being able to be vulnerable enough to admit where you are struggling with will be able to help identify with where you can really get the help from. So I just think that just being able to uh, really get uh, connected on a personal basis. And I mean, I know we, we have the room and whatnot, but there's a lot of people down at the table who necessarily may not have the courage to come up uh, because a lot of people don't like speaking in public or what have you. But um, I just want to say for anyone who's ever reached to, reached out to anyone online or offline, I'm sorry, um, just be diligent in, in, in your response and getting back to them. I know a lot of busy people here, your DMs get flooded. Uh, but just really be intentional about reaching out to somebody because you guys don't understand how vulnerable or how, you know, how much courage it takes for a person to become vulnerable to reach out with the with the issue and to not be able to hear anything back. You know, sometimes that'll shy, that'll get them to shy away from uh, being able to reach out to anyone. So I just think that just being able to get being able to get back to them would help them. Um, with whatever it is that they may be dealing with. So uh, that's it's not really a topic, but uh, I think that that would be good for people. Added it to the list. Added it to the list. And it's so funny, Mario. I, I didn't even see you blinking, but I heard your voice. So you know you're memorable if I know, if I know the sound of your voice and I didn't even see you blinking. So you've made a huge impact on all of us. So thank you for being here as always. Kayvon, I know that you were um, blinking earlier. Would love to get to you. Yeah, no, I, I, I'll double down on the mental health uh, as well. I actually started a service for black men um, to check in, um, you know, on conversations on mental health. And uh, I forget who was speaking earlier. Yeah, the conversation, in the conversation, we realized that a lot of the things that we were all thinking, no one ever put out forth, right, until someone said it. So I think we need to have more of that in the open and kind of bringing more people into the fold um, because I think everyone is struggling with things and, um, you know, we'll love to be a part of that. And then also mental health connected with running your business. Um, so what Kelsey said, uh, we'd love to kind of do something along the lines of that and, and you know, f finding out those things that are actionable and helping people to do it on the spot so that, you know, let's say the next day or next few days, come back and say they did that, right? You know, oftentimes we talk about, you know, we get suggestions and it's like, you know, these lofty suggestions, but we'd love to do something where we can tell people how to do something and they can do it like within the next 24 hours, come back to the next day and tell us how it went. Ooh, Liza, what do you think about that? I think that'd be incredible. Not only just talking about mental health with men, but mental health and what it looks like running a business because everyone will tell you who's an entrepreneur that can be a lonely road. Um, and when I've excelled in that way, factor. the accountability factor to say, you got to come back in 24 hours and tell us what you did. That is solid. I love it. I want to nominate awesome. Amelia. I'd like to nominate Amelia. Amelia, you've been nominated. You're I got in all these areas. Down. I know. I, listen, I'm, I'm two feet in on that. Thank you very much. Appreciate that, Michael. 
you know, if you look at, you know, from health, you know, as women have scaled their businesses and being able to reach some of the uh, heights that men have, but we've also adopted a lot of the behaviors. Women um, are, there's lots of articles about women who are isolating at the top where we no longer have that best friend. And we're, our health, we're adopting more of the ailments of men, meaning we now have suffer from more heart attacks and so on and so forth as we've moved inside the business arena. So there's a lot to talk about as it's not just a male or female thing. We have adopted each other's behaviors that maybe were not the best for us in our innate state. So I think it's a great topic. Um, Michael, thank you. I think that was Dr. Sean Shapiro who nominated you, Amelia. Oh, sorry. Thank you. They sound like. Thank you. Thank you. I'm driving, so I couldn't see. Thank you, Dr. Shapiro. Who's up next? If you just either want to flash your mic. America, good morning. Good morning. Um, I would say forgiveness would be a good topic. So, so oftentimes uh, I just uh, had a death in the, in our family and my mom has a large family and uh, some of her siblings have issues related to that happened in the past and just having them move past that. So forgiveness for me, teaching people how to forgive, how to forgive yourself would be a good topic. And what I've heard in the past is that when we hold on to grudges, it affects us from a health perspective. So I'm sure that could be something that could tie together. That when we hold on to things, we're literally um, hurting our own health when we don't forgive. So I love that. I heard another voice right at the same time. I think Robert was unmiking Joy. Yeah, go for it, Robert. Hey, Joy, how are you? This is Rob with the Yellow Book. I heard someone, I think, did you say that you don't have kids? Is that right? I have no kids that I know of. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it struck a nerve. And for any of the new parents or folks that want to be parents and they're nervous about raising kids, one of the things that I love to share is that you only have to be one step ahead. So you don't have to worry about how you're going to raise a 15 year old or what are you gonna do when they turn 22? All you have to do is just know how to change their diaper. Kelly and I have four kids and, and that's a bit of mantra that I've shared. Just one step ahead and as they grow, you'll grow and you'll have the answers before they do. Um, and I could not agree more um, when we started speaking about men. I didn't realize the power that I had and the influence that my dad had over me until he wasn't here. You know, we have, I, I grew up with a mom and dad and I'm super, super grateful for them. And it wasn't until he wasn't here that I felt that sense of loneliness and not having a best friend, someone to fall back on. And I didn't realize I had that until it was gone. And I had that security blanket on me. Um, and I, I, I would say I've been searching for that and have not found that at all. Uh, over the last uh, seven years. So that is a real stat that I never heard of um, until it was mentioned. The topic that can absolutely change the way that we are living from day to day is in education. We are not having conversations about the mental health of our educators and providing the support for our educators to become more self-aware, empathetic, and curious. If we add that to our teacher training, uh, we can ultimately change the world. Um, 
that's a topic uh, super, super, super passionate about. This is Rob with the Yellow Book. Hey, Rob, this is Liza. I love what you just said that I want to go a tad bit deeper on. And you said mental health for our educators so that they can be curious. And I used a couple other words in there. And when we think about our education system, it's a topic that I'm, I'm very passionate about understanding where we go from here, because I think there needs to be a pretty massive overhaul of our education system. I think we've been stuck. I have incredible respect for our teachers. And I think that we need to give them more tools to be able to move our education forward into today's world. Um, but what, you, you used three words. You said mental health for educators, educators, they can be curious. And what else did you say? Curious, empathetic, and self-aware. Perfect. Okay. I'm jotting that down. And if you have any ideas on people or anyone that you would like to speak on that subject or help us talk through it, uh, please DM me or, or, or share. Thank you. Absolutely. Gosh, these are so good. I'm taking notes too, Liza. So we'll have to have a meeting of the minds as well. Who wants to go next? Um, Joy, this, I'd like to go. This is Kimberly. Hey, Kimberly. I love your new photo. Thank you. And our friend, where is he? Is he here today? David. Our friend David did this for me. He's awesome. And I got some more stuff for him too. Uh, but first of all, I want to I thank Lily Hahn for um, nominating me. I suddenly heard what she said, and I was uh, brought immediately into full attention, and it even brought tears to my eyes of her generosity. So thank you, Lily Hahn, for that. And uh, I want to go because, Liza, you brought up the conversation around sustainability, and that's actually a really big topic, and I've worked as a UN advisor for the last 20 years, starting with women and women's empowerment around the world, but also with the global goals. What are we doing around the world and for the world in society and on the planet to change the future for all of us um, and because it's up to us. So for me, the conversation, you know, I have a, a business background of where I built multiple companies myself I have an incubator accelerator where I help other people start, launch, and grow companies. And for me, the intersection of this conversation around a sustainable, just, uh, compassionate, and inclusive world where we all are bringing our purpose uh, to the table for a purpose of all our greater good, that's my most passionate topic. And it meets the world of entrepreneurship and all of what we're trying to achieve in our financial goals, but it puts purpose as the driver. That topic is very big um, around Clubhouse and around the world, but it hasn't been as much brought together in, in Breakfast with Champions. So I would really love to see it. And I'd love to be part of that. I'd love for to turn around and invite Lily Hahn to be part of that as well. Um, and I wanna say to Glenn, if he's listening, he said something yesterday in a different room. He talked about different kinds of people. And there were sharks and whales and dolphins and urchins. Is that right, Jaylissa? That's right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And I had forgotten about that. I'd heard, because I worked in psychometric profiling um, all around the world in a big base in Asia early in my life. So I've always been part of that, how you discover insights about who you are and how you operate um, and the science of you. But I had heard that one and forgotten. 
But what really brought back this intersection was very powerful moment for me, Glenn, but you didn't know it, is that I was diagnosed as a hybrid. I am a whale shark because the business person in me, the entrepreneur in me, uh, achieves big goals and believes in the power of driving and achieving and creating things. But the whale in me, which became more and more apparent as I achieved success, purpose became more and more important and the heart of why I was here began to reveal itself. And I know that that's what all of us um, are wanting to tap into. So I'm a whale shark. I'm both of those. And I believe a lot more of us like that too. So I would love to see a place where while we're talking about rise and grind and meet our goals and make things happen and achieve our highest financial success and our results, that we overlay that with our impact on society, our impact on the world, and that it is up to us and only us to make this difference. So I'm passionate about this subject, and I believe we can invite lots of people to play in that conversation. I'd love to be part of that. I'd love for Lily and others. So I'm so glad you're doing this. It's great to hear the beautiful, deeper conversations. And by the way, Joy, one of my taglines is catalyzing conscious conversations that change the world. That's what we're talking about today. So I'm so excited. Love it, Kimberly. Kimberly. Yes, so good, so good. And Kimberly, it's it's so funny, Ray. It's so funny how uh, life repeats itself and goes into cycles. And so Rise and Grind started in January of 2018. And it was a show and it was motivation and we started coming together. And then it started to develop its, its spirit, and we started to realize that there were opportunities to make an impact uh, offline. We started calling it Rising Grind Offline, right? Hashtag Rising Grind Offline. And in a matter of, of a couple of years, we've now raised over $800,000 for different things, right? Battling human sex trafficking, helping uh, members in the group that were battling cancer. We fed homeless people. We've taken homeless people off the street and given them shelter and a, and a new uh, a new lot at life, right? So the identity of the group, as it kind of came together collectively, it started to show itself. And so it's funny that you mentioned that this morning because just yesterday, Brielle called me and Brielle was like, hey, it's time for us to kind of shift um, the power of this network and this group that we have to start making uh, uh, the nonprofit side, the, uh, you know, a global more um, impact. And so she was actually looking at some things right now as far as a Breakfast with Champions type foundation and things like that. So it's just amazing how uh, it's repeating itself again just on a bigger level even than Rising Grind was and that you are connected and feeling that synergy. So there's no doubt in my mind that we will continue to travel down this path and be able to be the change makers in the world. So thank you for pointing that out, Kimberly. It's awesome. Glenn, I want to say one thing simply because I believe so much in the power of synchronicity and it has been on fire in this room this week, especially as we've seen again and again, even when I jumped offline for an unusual uh, sidebar and came back in the room and Jen 
Gottlieb was talking about the very thing that I'd got pulled aside for about talking to your future self. And it was uncanny. So my life works like that. Synchronicities are always winking. God winks are everywhere. If you're awake and you're on your path, they are everywhere. But I want to tell you that I'm writing a letter to Brielle about this subject. That in the last 48 hours, I felt strongly that I needed to say, and it's not about nonprofit. It's about impact. And you can do it in every facet of your life. Your business needs to be on purpose. Your eating needs to be on purpose, but there's also a, a global uh, set of issues that we are the change makers and entrepreneurs force in the world that needs to come together. So it is nonprofit, but it is all of it in alignment. But the fact that you're saying that about Brielle, Brielle is, you know, one of my soul sisters and I'm feeling strongly to have this conversation and writing about it and talking about you. So, I usually wouldn't reveal that, except you just said that. And I really want us to see the God winks. We need to see them. We are aligning powerfully. Breakfast with Champions community is a force in the world. And I intend to be part of that force in the world with you. But we're all that anyway. What This is rising together. I so long to rise together. I'm excited about this conversation and thank you for throwing that in. That was a huge God wink for me, Glenn Lundy. Thank you. I just love it. Yes, I love it. I love it. It always happens. Always happens like this. So we've brought a couple people to the table. Um, Miss Debbie, Fabi, and Megan would love to hear from you guys. What are, excuse me, what are some topics that you would love to hear more about here on Breakfast with Champions? Good morning, Debbie. Good morning. Thank you so much for bringing me up. Um, I wrote a book entitled The Power of Friends at Work, and it's very, very akin to what we've just been discussing. The power of collaboration, the power of positive relationships, loyalty, trust, communication, celebration. And I think it's a really important topic because even though we like to stay very positive in this room, we have to deal with the fact that sometimes we have competitors that are negative. We have people that we work with that can be a thorn in our side, but that can be flipped, that can be worked on. And I, I think it's really, and what has shown more than the things that we've seen lately in this room in terms of our collaboration related to organ donors and so forth, getting, building homes in Haiti. And I think that it would be fabulous to talk about some of the collaborations that we've built among ourselves in this group and the opportunities that we have to help each other and work together in a way that's truly, truly beneficial. So that's the topic and I'd love to be a part of if you're interested in doing something about the power of relationships at work and beyond. You know how I feel about relationships. I'm like, oh, friend collecting. Um, but I love what you said about celebration. And I think so many people don't feel celebrated. They might be killing it in life. They might be killing it in business. They might be shining at home. And if no one tells you that you're doing an amazing job, what's it for? I think even as adults, we look for those gold stars and it's like, wow, did anybody even notice? So I love that's part of, you know, the morning five is sending that encouraging message. And part of that is just celebrating each other when you see something say something. I actually did that on my Instagram yesterday with a friend. I think I, I was like, I'm just going to start a, a new series on um, my IG stories called That's My Friend. 
y'all. So when I see people doing great things, I'm just going to repost whatever they're doing and be like, that's my friend. Um, so I love what you shared there, Debbie. And we'll make sure that we'll bring that to the table for sure. Good morning, Fabi. So great to see you here again. Good morning. It is a pleasure to be here. Um, and Debbie, I would love to maybe speak with you on the side because I am Haitian and um, with the work you're doing there. And that's one of my passions to help um, my people. But um, one subject I would love to see um, on here is about parenting on purpose um, to what some of you guys were talking about. And it's something I'm already doing, but I would love to hear more from others doing it to help. Like for example, myself, um, I have a daughter with down syndrome and you know it's hard but one thing that i do is because i know that you know the world already put her in a box you know by having her disability so my i purposely every year make sure that i travel somewhere outside of the country with her um to show her that yes you know people may put you in a box and it's something very small but you know the world is so much bigger than what's in front of you. And that is what I do as far as like, you know, parenting her on, you know, with a purpose. So, but I would really love to hear more about that. Entrepreneurs raising kids um, with a purpose. I'm done. We've got like probably a thousand kids among people on stage and Glenn takes about half of them. I know we've got some helping hands when it comes to parenting on purpose and Bobby I love what you said about taking your daughter out of the country to show her that gosh there's so much more out there that no one can put you in a box Um, I hate how the world does that in all kinds of different areas they slap labels on people and then tell them what they're capable of and so I think that is such a beautiful way of saying wow I'm, if no one else will, I will. And so I just want to applaud you for just being an incredible mom. And I mean, I don't have kids and I've seen my sister with my niece. And I always wonder, like, the people that I know that have kids with a disability are the most beautiful, caring, I mean, just selfless people that I know. And I always wonder, like, how do they do it? You know, we talk about, gosh, all the things that I've got on my plate. And it's like, you have no idea the the strength of the shoulders that you have. So cheers to you. I'm so glad that you're here again. I always love seeing your beautiful face. So Megan, good morning. Good morning, ladies. Thank you for bringing me up. Appreciate it. You know, yesterday I wrote a blog actually um, titled uh, Stay in Your Own Lane. So I'm going to uh, email it to both of you. Uh, because you were such an inspiration the other day uh, with your, you know, the whole point of that. So anyhow, but with this, you know, I don't know if any of you saw the moon last night. Uh, You know, the sky is always speaking to us. God is speaking to us in so many ways. And it was the the blue, uh, no, the blood flower full super moon. And um, hope is always a, a topic that uh, is very, very important to me because it is uh, when you lose hope, there is no power in today. And um, I, I just know that there's so many people that have lost hope 
they've lost their direction. They've lost the understanding that there is always hope and there's infinite possibilities. And that gives the power in today to stay in today. And I was doing a little research on this moon and it's from Sagittarius and it uh, um, provides um, adventure, optimism, trust, faith, expansion, risk taking, elevating and uh, powerful thinking. Wow, <laughs> you know? And so it's just about hope, giving hope to the hopeless or the situation that you may be in uh, hopeless. And then the other uh, gal was speaking about uh, synchronicity. You know, there's always those connections. There's nothing by mistake. God leads us to the next step. We just have to take it. So thank you, ladies, for what you do. I love your, uh, your segment on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Be blessed. We love having you, Megan. And I can guarantee you every single person under the sound of my voice needs a little hope. And I love what you said. You said, when you lose hope, there's no power in today. And I wrote that down. So might be a little quotable moment, Miss Megan. But I guarantee you when people say, hey, you just got to help one person every day. And when we lose Amen. that. You know, it takes the power. There's no power in today when we lose hope. So thank you so much for what you shared. And I, I would love to read your blog post about staying in your lane. Me uh, too. I cannot wait these, to read it. When these conversations I, turn into other works of art, I just can't wait to listen to it. Exactly. It's that synchronicity, you know? Yes. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. We'll, look, we'll look forward to reading it. Joy, I think the billionaires, uh, I saw her blinking her mic, and I'm not sure if she was looking to add something into our topics list today. I was. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Liza. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I thought about a topic um, for me about a couple of weeks ago. I um, was trying to get to my flight, and I was late getting to the airport. And so, you know how they put that big old sticker on your luggage that says late check-in? And it was so funny because I was panicking thinking that my luggage would not make it back at the same time I would. But the funny thing was my luggage was actually the first one to drop off of the um the conveyor belt when I got to the to, to Maryland, and I thought about a topic of of actually opening up on Clubhouse about late check in, and I wanted to look at a lot of us how we are going through life and trying to figure out what our purpose is, right? And we we go through these, all these like transitions, like whether we work at a corporate job or start a business or whatever, but at some point we always end up where we need to end up, and so I thought about the fact that even though my bag said late check-in. It, it showed up exactly at the right time it was supposed to. And so for me, um, starting a business in a later stage of my life, um, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. So it's funny how, you know, God will take you through all these mazes and, you know, turns and, and trials and tribulations and things like that. But you always end up where you need to be at the right moment, at the right time, with the right people. So that, that's my thoughts, Michelle, and I'm complete. So, Michelle, I wrote down late check-in, and I'm still – give me just a 10-second more flavor on how we take that topic around purpose and the, so, and the twists and turns. I want to okay. make sure that I'm really grasping what, what you would like, where, where we could take this conversation. I think the comments you just made are absolutely spot on. Tell me yeah. if you want to take in more depth. 
I think for a lot of us, I mean, even like, I don't know how, you know, for some people who might be approaching the age of 50 or 60 or whatever, um, they may have felt like they have missed the, the, the boat in terms of their got career, it. their okay. calling. You got, got me? Okay. Yes, I got it. All right. Awesome. Um, Joy, we, uh, we brought up Courtney Poole. Courtney, we are so excited to have you at the breakfast table with us this morning. And every morning, hopefully, from 5 to 11, we'd love to hear a topic that you would like us to make sure we bring to the breakfast table. Um, Courtney, yes, you're on. Um, <laughs> you're muted, Courtney. Courtney, we'll give it one more try and then we'll come back to you. If you want to unmute, we would absolutely love to hear a topic you'd like for us to bring up to the breakfast table. All right. Let's, while Courtney let's is going. waiting, can I jump in the queue, yes, Liza? Please do. Please do. Awesome. This is Paulette speaking. So I know we talk about a lot of fun topics, but we also talk about a lot of serious topics. And I want to get back to the fun because um, when Glenn talks about the idea of rise and grind, first of all, I always laugh when we talk about how many kids Glenn has because he has a whole ton of kids. Like he has 50,000 kids. But when we when we really think about it, the concept of rising and grinding, a lot of us come in this room and we talk about, you know, Brielle was really passionate yesterday about um, what are we doing to leave behind, right? What are we doing for our legacy and for building generational wealth? So the reason why a lot of us rise and grind is for our families. So I want to hear more about who people are. We're on this stage. Stage and we're in the room with so many amazing people all the time and we don't get to hear about their families and the people that they do it for. So the purpose of me rising and grinding is for my two kids. I want to hear about people's families. I want to know more about where you came from. Who are your families? Why are you the way that you are and, and who taught you the things that 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 you know that you um that you're striving to do right now and your in your purpose and all those good things, right? Your morals, your values, your beliefs. But we want to hear the fun things. What about your kids? What is, what are the fun and the darndest things that your kids said, you know, recently and, and some of that good stuff, because I think as you all are building this community and we're, we're jumping in to be part of it, I think getting to know people and the human side of it is really important. So I would love to hear more about who people are and their kids and their families and, and the different things um, outside of just kind of peering on Instagram and getting a sneak peek. This is Paulette and I'm done speaking. I agree with you, Paulette, 100%. And I want to start with you. So tell us more about your family. Who had the biggest influence in your life? What is the greatest piece of advice or wisdom you've been given? And where does your passion and drive come from? Oh, man, right now. So let's go. Let's go. <laughs> when I was in college, I remember, you know, it was towards maybe junior or senior year. And I remember lying on the floor and I was crying out to God and I was saying, like, why is this happening to me? Like, you know, there's nothing is going right. My financial aid isn't going through and I don't know how I'm going to stay in this apartment. And I just can't like I can't make it right. Like it was I can't move forward. Like there's no way financially I could move forward. And I was trying to, to do this dream because my home, mo my mom and my family, they were from West Africa, but I was the only one to, to go to college. I was the first one. My mom left Africa with one semester left because she was following a man uh, who was my daddy. Um, and so I was just trying to do this for everybody. And I was lying on the floor thinking like, why me, God? And I didn't know who to call. And then I got a thought and I was like, let me call my aunt Zoe. So my aunt Zoe is my mom's oldest sister and she's here in the States and all my mom's siblings are here in the States. 
And I called her and I said, Anzo, you know, honestly, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I, I really, I just can't make it. I don't have money for food. I, 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 I just don't know what I'm going to do. And she said, you know what? Stop crying. Stop crying. I'm going to pay for your rent. And her um, helping me pay half of my rent every month, $600 for about mm, four to six months was the reason I was able to finish college. And she's the matriarch of our family. She took care of my daughter for about three and a half years. So before the pandemic, and she would never take money from us. So we would only be able to buy her groceries and, you know, pay her cell phone bill and get her cell phone and things like that. But when you think about it, sometimes in life, there are opportunities that we have and we can't move forward with, and we just need one person to step up, one person to help us. And I tell you, if it wasn't for my aunt, I wouldn't be um, able to, to get that director role because I was staying late and, you know, doing all the work and things like that. And so my aunt is really, and she doesn't see herself like this at all, but she is really a force to be reckoned with. She, um, she just has so many amazing qualities and she is the matriarch of our family. Now, in terms of my kids, I never thought I wanted kids, but I have two cuties. Glenn, I'm definitely not up to you. Um, people keep saying I should have more. So Harper and Hunter are my why. And Harper is my co-author and she's my, I call her my co-worker because we do a lot of things together. And she just is so smart and so bright and I love her to death. And then I had a son this year during the pandemic and I, I talk a lot about motherhood and everything being crazy and, you know, just, you know, the baby blues and, and just not feeling like you're just yourself. But when you look at your kids, you really think, wow, I created this human and this human is going to go into the world and they're going to do amazing things. Right. And like, I, I did that. Like I literally did, like it literally came out of me. I know that I did it. And so, you know, all the things that we're teaching and um, teaching our kids, but also learning ourselves through them is amazing. So that's a little bit about me, my Harper and Hunter. And actually Harper, um, or Hunter, excuse me, is about 25 pounds and he's 11 months. So he's my little chunker. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Chunker indeed. I love it. I love it. <laughs> thank you so much for that opportunity, Glenn. Paula, thank yeah, you Paula. so much for just jumping on that and going with it and, and taking action the way that Glenn just said. Um, one thing I will also encourage, if anyone has not been on at 5.30 a.m. this whole week for the last four mornings, Glenn has been doing Who Are You on Rise and Grind from 5.30 to 6. And he's been pulling four Breakfast with Champions uh, uh, moderators or speakers or contributors and really asking them awesome questions. Some things that are, are might be more about their purpose, but also some things like what would be the three things you would take on your deserted island? And uh, whether it's your kids, whether it's ice cream or beer, like Scott Simons. So anybody <laughs> or your hair not... or a blow dryer for your hair, <laughs> yeah, a, a blow dryer for Barbara. So if you all are looking to get to know a few more Breakfast with Champions, absolutely go back and listen to Rise and Grind from the last four days, and you'll have at least sixteen people that you are going to have some laughs. You're going to have some fun. Glenn has done an absolutely fantastic job highlighting uh, Breakfast with Champions members so we can get to know them better. So, Paulette, we're going to keep that theme going even when Glenn's week ends this week on Who Are You? We'll make sure that maybe we add that in, at least for Joy and I, every Tuesday and Thursday. We'll at least grab two people and say, Who Are You? and dig a little bit deeper. Let's get to know them as we do our topic. Sound good, Joy? I love it. Dr. Wesson is also here. We'd love for you to close us out for our hour of a topic that you'd love to bring to the breakfast table. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. This is Dr. Wiesam, and I'm sending you guys greetings from Cairo, Egypt. Wow. Yes, Egypt. from around That's the awesome. globe. 
around the globe, around the world. This is a global community. I'm so, you know, blessed to be among all these beautiful, you know, people with beautiful, positive vibes. Really blessed to be, you know, amongst you guys. And uh, one of the topics that I'd love you guys to talk about is mindset, you know, positive mindset, manifestation, because I'm I'm an advocate for, you know, mental health and mindfulness. And I really believe in the power of your thoughts and the power of your self-belief in making your life, you know, so much more beautiful and so much more positive and the power of optimism. So definitely manifestation, mindfulness is one of the topics that I'd love for you guys to talk more about. And this is Dr. Wissam from Cairo, Egypt, land of civilization, and I'm done speaking. Girl has all the energy and it might have to do with that mindset. So I have so many great notes, mindset, manifestation, mental health, the power of our thoughts and optimism. So what a perfect way to round out our hour. Thank you so much, Dr. Weesom. And greetings from North Carolina, even though you're all the way over in Egypt. So we're so glad that you're here at the same breakfast table having a great conversation. So I hope you, you have a wonderful day. We are at the top of the hour. We are handing the mic over to Dr. Rowe. Um, up next, but just wanted to quickly reset the room. You are in Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. We're always so great to have you here. Um, thank you for spending your morning with us. We're here every day from Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Saturdays for about 6 to noon and Sundays for our amazing service 111 with the amazing Darian. So get comfy. Maybe you're working, maybe working out, maybe you're driving kids to school, but either way, we're so glad that you are here. Be sure if you are enjoying this conversation, bring a few friends in the little plus button on the right hand side at the bottom. You never know whose life you could change and definitely be sure to follow the little greenhouse over Kelsey's beautiful face um, so that you can have um, access to all the conversations that we open. So I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for joining Liza and I every Tuesday and Thursday from 7 to 8 a.m. Eastern. And we're going to pass the mic over to the beautiful, the amazing Dr. Rowe. Good morning, Dr. Rowe. Good morning. Thank you for that beautiful introduction, lovely joy. I am filling in for William today. He'll be back next week. And what I'd like to do at this moment is have everyone flash their mics. If you are connected to anyone who is in the military and is a fallen hero. Thank you. And now I'd like to take 30 seconds of silence to commemorate those beautiful humans.
thank you all. I often get emotional when I hear that song and I think about all of our fallen heroes. And as we embark upon Monday, May 31st, Memorial Day, I want you to not only think about the celebrations you're about to have, the time you're gonna feel or spend with your family, I want you to commemorate all of those who have been fallen. When I was a younger girl, I was in a religion that did not allow me to vote, to even think about celebrating anyone who fought for my freedom as well as yours. And so now that I'm older and have been away from that for 20 years, that's the first thing that I do other than pray is definitely honor our troops. Many of us have seen lots of heroic acts. We have stories. We know of people who have done things in the military that are unprecedented. But one person I think about is Rick Rascola. Rick Rascola on 911 was not only a financial guru, but he was a soldier. In that moment of tragedy just before, he saved 2,687 lives before his life perished. And many of us know others who have done heroic things and they're longer with us, they're in heaven with Whitney Houston. What I would like for you to do this weekend is not only eat your barbecue and hang out, I want you to think of military families who have lost loved ones, spouses, any individual that you know currently that's serving in the military, even that has served as well. Some of the things you can do for them is pay it forward. Send a card to them. If it's your neighbor or a loved one or a family member or even a stranger, write a handwritten card. Have your kids do it if you have them. Plant a tree or a special flower in your yard. Buy a cup of coffee for someone or just do one simple thing to honor them and not just think of ourselves. And as we think about Memorial Day coming, I think about someone I just heard earlier on the stage. And with her permission, I'm just gonna ask her a few questions and then we'll open it up to others who would love to share special things about those who are fallen heroes. Allie, are you there? I am here, thank you. You are so welcome. Allie, thank you for sharing earlier the beautiful information about your husband. I am so sorry for your loss. Can you Thank tell you. us, you're welcome. Can you tell us what you loved most about your husband? Hmm. I think uh, what I loved most was truly he, he walked the walk. You know, we listened to Stephen Kuhn earlier about the humble alpha. He was a humble alpha. He was an amazing military leader. He was a colonel when he passed. Um, I don't want to use a lot of military vernacular, but those that know, he was promoted what they call below the zone. So he was two years below the zone to lieutenant colonel and two years below the zone to colonel. So he was four years younger than most of his cohorts, um, many awards and decorations and, and things this way. But he was so humble and he poured into his troops and our family. He had a very high level, very high visible uh, job. And 
I will share, not, not brag. I, I will brag on him all day long, but he was the commander of Air Force One for President Obama. He also flew President Bush. And so very visible job, but that's not what was important to him. What was important to him was us as a family and all of his troops and their families. And an example of that, um, or I guess testimonial to that was his funeral was on November 11th, just so happened to be on Veterans Day, coincidentally. And my daughters at the time were 12 and 15. And I put a postcard on every seat. There were 1,200 people at his funeral. And I put a postcard on every seat with a picture of our family on the front of it. And then on the back of it, it said, if you met Dave's children as adults, what would you tell them about their father? And Every one of those postcards that we got back, not everybody filled them out, but I have about 800 postcards that I will someday share with my daughters that I have already read. But of all of those, none of them were about his military accomplishments or the fact that he was, um, you know, an Air Force One pilot and commander and things that way. Every single one of them was a story about what he had done for that individual and the relationship that he had built with that individual. And I think that's really what I loved the most about him was that regardless of the, the stature and position that he had, he poured into everybody around him. Ah, oh, that is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. What, what is the funniest thing you remember about him? Um, we always, we always joked around. He was not the least bit, bit athletic. Uh, I, if, if there was anybody that was athletic in our family, it was myself or my daughters. And uh, he always joked that he was a people person, but he got cut from the high school golf team. So, uh, you know, we, we would have some good humor, good humor around his lack of ability. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's nice. So did you go golf with him? Were you on the green? Uh, you know, we, we went to the driving range a couple times and things that way. He really was uh, very passionate about aviation. He was a pilot. His hobby was aviation. His career was aviation. Everything he read about was aviation or leadership. And so uh, unlike most military officers, he, he didn't spend much time on the golf course. Oh, wonderful. Um I am, wow, I'm blown away at what he did do and the fact that his memory lives on. What can you tell us, and this is specifically about you being a widow now and also with Memorial Day coming up, what is something you'd like to see others perhaps do for you and your family or others that are facing what you are right now as Memorial Day comes up? Yeah. Um, much of what you said in the beginning, and I know that uh, you lost your son and uh, you and I haven't had a, a great amount of time to, to discuss that, but I'd like to also express my condolences. And perhaps you can relate. Oftentimes, especially in the United States, I can't speak for, for everywhere, but in the United States, we have made death and dying very sterile. It used to be that loved ones would die in the home or there would be multiple generations in a home. And children were exposed to that. And they got an, an understanding of the family and the community and what that meant. 
and they were able to speak about it. But now we have made death so sterile either in a hospital or talked about in hushed tones and different things that way that talking about death or somebody that has passed has become awkward almost. Or you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or you don't want to bring up bad memories. And what I would like everybody to know is there is not a day that goes by that I don't think about my husband. There's not a day that goes by that my children don't think about their father. And talking to us about him does not bring up bad memories. It does not, it is not hurtful. We want to talk about him. We want to share his story. So as you approach this weekend, reach out to somebody who may have experienced loss. You're not going to, to hurt them. You're going to give them the opportunity to share and talk about that loved one. And it's, it's an honor to be able to do that. Thank you so much for saying that. It's so true. And I appreciate your kind sentiment as well. Before we uh, let you just relax and take in this moment. And before I go to others, I just want to give a couple of minutes to allow people to pour into you because I do understand how painful it is, but also how bittersweet it is to hear the great accolades about your family and your husband. So I'm going to turn to Glenn Lundy and ask him first, Glenn, is there any comments or questions that you have of Allie? Not sure if I have a good signal and I'm here running in the, in the field. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes. Uh, so first, I just want to say, I appreciate the sacrifice that you and your kids had to make in order for your husband to fulfill his dreams and desires, his passion for aviation. I know the hours and the work that it takes to safely fly yourself and the others. You know, we humans were not meant to fly. <laughs> and it takes a lot of technology and trained students to make that happen. And so I know he put in a lot of hours to be able to keep the president of our United States safe. I know he put in a lot of hours away from home, away from you, away from the kids in order to protect me and my family. And so I just want to say I'm grateful for you for being a, a supportive spouse and playing the role that it takes to encourage the one that you love to chase their dreams. I admire you for that. I honor you for that. I am sorry for your loss, but I am thankful for this connection. Thank you for that. That means a great deal to me. There are, there are you know, uh, there are a lot of military spouses that are serving alongside their loved ones. Um, just as you said, you know, keeping, keeping the home going, raising children. Sometimes you're an only parent. Sometimes you are married and making that transition back and forth. So thank you. For thank you. And Dr. Jane is going to help me identify others who want to pour into Allie right now. And we will call on you for the next, um, three minutes and then we will go to others who we just like to acknowledge. So if you could flash your mic at the moment, if you'd like to say something to Allie or ask her a question. Uh, Gina. Yeah, what I wanted to say was um, I absolutely agree regarding, you know, the way death is now. And, you know, I, I was raised by an Italian family 
And, you know, Italians are very proud and take uh, very good care of their, you know, um, family as they get older. And I lived with my grandmother and my grandfather and my aunt. My aunt never got married. She was a saint. Honest, she is a saint. She never got married, took care of every single family member. And, you know, we were there standing beside my grandfather, you know, at the house when he took his last breath. I remember that as, you know, a young teenager. And so I applaud you bringing that to the forefront of the conversation about, you know, just making death a little less sterile and a little more heart centered. So I appreciate you for that. And I appreciate, you know, all of the um, military spouses that are going through some loss right now. And this day, you know, Americans, we barbecue and take a work day off, but we have to remember that are a lot of people are grieving during this time. And so we circle around you, we stand with you and we give you so much love and support during this time and our hearts are with you. So thank you so much. I'm Gina, I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you. Please so flash your mic if you wanna share so we can see you. Okay, am I seeing Maria? I just want to make sure. If not, I'm Maria. Did you unflat? Did you unmike? I did, and I, I thank you, Doctor O. So um, I'm not directly related to anyone in the military, but as a realtor who deals with, and I, I love, I love my military. I'm, I'm, I was born in another country but I'm an American and I love the Americans that fought for my freedom while I'm here and I could raise my children in a beautiful country. And uh, my heart goes out to all the military families. I do fight for our veterans so that they will, it's a very tough market out there. And when you have a VA loan putting no money down, it's very hard to get that offer accepted. But um, I do wanna celebrate that tomorrow I'm hosting a home inspection for one of our veterans, a Navy veteran. And uh, I just want to say, um, just in the realm of v veterans and military, please, if you're a realtor out there, don't disregard the no money down. Fight for your veterans and fight for them and their right to own a home with no money down so that um, as they can have a piece of the earth that they fought so much uh, for us to be able to have a piece of as homeowners. And uh, thank you, and I'm sorry for all your losses. And God bless you all, and God bless America. Dr. O, thank you so much for this today. My heart is melting. Thank you. And thank you, Maria. I will second that. So most military, particular, particularly officers, move every 18 months to three years. We moved seven times in 11 years. At one period of time, we moved three times in 22 months. Um, we did not buy a house every time we did that, but um, it can be a real challenge. And we absolutely love and support and respect our realtor communities because we couldn't make the moves without you. So thank you. Thank you so much, Maria, as well and for acknowledging everyone affected that is on this stage as well. We appreciate you. Are there any other questions? Uh, Kimberly? Go ahead, Kimberly. Go ahead, Kimberly. 
Kimberly, are you there? This is Naida. I can go. Okay, Naida can go and while we wait for Kimberly, I'm not sure if okay. something happened. Okay, thanks. Okay, greetings, everyone. Um, I don't know if you guys were here earlier, but I kind of talked about uh, where I grew up, which was uh, in a place called Gum Springs, Virginia, about uh, an eye shot from Mount Vernon, uh, Fort Belvoir, Quantico, Andrews, like the DMV area is rich with military lives, military families. And so I got an opportunity to be raised in the school system with military students, which means as they created new friendships, those of us who were not transplants often did as well. And I did not lose anyone directly who was in the military. I do have a lot of military family members and I have an admiration um, and immense respect for those in the military. And I think that started from um, childhood, you know, growing up in those school systems that are very close to many of the bases. Um, I do want to just extend my thoughts, prayers, well wishes, and condolences to all families who are listening under the sound of our voices this morning, um, who have lost heroes, who fight in our, for our country, um, in other countries across the world, and who keep us all safe while we're here under the guise of peace. Um, while we may think there is uh, peace, there are actually operations going on as we speak that we are unaware of that are keeping us safe. And so I wanna appreciate those men and women now, service members um, and everyone in between the families who also sacrifice um, and letting us use their family member for safety and safe cover. This is Naida leading with Love and Light and I am done speaking. Thank you so much. Go ahead. And Dr. Rope, can I add on to that? You know, um, we talk a lot about military spouses and our military members, but oftentimes our military children get overlooked. April is the month of the military child. And, you know, as a spouse, I can't honestly say I knew what I was getting into when I married my husband, I, but I had an idea. We had dated and he had been deployed and TDY, why what we dated and things that way. So I had a small idea. Um, and I was an adult and I could, could process all of that. Our children are born into this life. They weren't given the choice to be part of, uh, the military environment. And of course they're proud and honored, um, and all of that. But, um, I would love it also if we, we just pour into the children, as I said earlier, um, the children of military fallen are the living legacy of that parent going forward. So I just wanted to add that. <laughs> Thank you so much. And that is so invaluable. We must remember the children as well. Thank you. Kimberly, are you back? Okay. Can anyone else that wants to speak or comment or have a question, flash your mic so Dr. Jamie can identify you? Garrett? Hey, good, good. can everybody hear me? Yes. Yes, we can hear you. Can hear yes. Okay. Hey, first of all, I just want to say, uh, Allie, thank you for sharing your story. Uh, uh, Dr. Rowe, thank you for, for allowing me to come up on the stage. I've already talked earlier this morning about me being uh, in the military for 30 years, and, uh, and I just appreciate the fact that y'all acknowledge and uh, educated people on the difference between Memorial Day and Veterans Day, because a lot of people, they, and I know they mean well when they say Happy Memorial Day and stuff like that, but for soldiers, and Gold Star family members, it's not the same. And uh, and I'm glad that we are educating the group and we took time out in the group to 
acknowledge. And like Ali said, my son went to four different high schools in four years. He was born in Germany. I mean, our kids, our family, I always say support the family. I always thank the family members for their service because they do way more than the soldier because everything is already laid out for the soldier. The family members are the ones that's normally left behind having to figure everything out, and they do an outstanding job. So, Ali, thank you for giving us your husband for that time, and I thank you and your family for the service as well. Thank you. Thank you so much, Garrett, and thank you for your service as well. And thank you for recognizing Allie's husband as well as all fallen heroes. Mario? Go ahead, Mario. Hey, you know, I just wanted to say uh, to Allie, I wanted to connect with you offline because I know that we're in the same area. So I wanted to connect with you offline. I wanted to say thank you also as well for the sacrifices that you make. A lot of times people don't even understand. Like Garrett said, I uh, appreciate you bringing that to the forefront as well because it's a lot on the family. Uh, thank you for your endless sacrifices that you made to allow your husband to be able to fight for this country. And uh, I just wanted to say um, from someone who actually lost I'm sorry, I had a call coming through. I just wanted to say, Allie, uh, thank you again uh, for the sacrifice that you made to allow your husband to be able to fight for this beautiful country. And I just want you to continue to be encouraged during this time, be strengthened. You and your family are in my prayers. I send you my deepest condolences. And to everyone who's in this room who has served in the military, I wanna say thank each and every one of you. Like I said, I have a lot of family members as well who served in the military as well. And it's not an easy process having them be, they'll make the sacrifices that they do for their family. So thank you and Ali, I would love to connect with you offline. Thank you, Mario. I just I just followed you on Instagram. You're welcome to to connect with me and and we'll start that conversation. Um, and Dr. Rowe, can I, can I go one more place with this? I don't mean to take over or do, do too much. Um, you know, mental health is a large issue in the military and particularly suicide. And I think there's been a, a large campaign that's gone on with the 22 a day and people are doing, you know, 22 push-ups and things this way. And I'd like to, to say two things about that. One, it is wonderful and the support and it's, so appreciated. Um, but think about doing more than push-ups when it comes to our military and PTSD and that mental health. But along with that, this year, uh, well, last year, 2020, um, was the first year that death in the military members due to toxic exposure overtook suicide. So more than 22 a day of our veterans and active duty military are dying due to toxic exposure that they've experienced during deployments. Um, and that's a topic that hasn't gotten a lot of light. My husband died from glioblastoma, which is primary brain cancer. He spent many months uh, overseas and deployed. And the number of military members that are dying due to cancers and toxic exposure is very disproportionate to the general population, so much so that it has been written into the national defense budget this year to study specifically uh, glioblastoma in aviators. So um, I just wanted to bring about a little bit of awareness about that. So thank you for the time to do that.
Thank you, Allie. It is most definitely a topic uh, near and dear to my heart, and I support you 100% in that, and we thank you. I see Scott unmiking, so we will allow him to be the last comment before we end this segment to have a reset and hand it over to the amazing Trevor. So go ahead, Scott. Okay, Dr. Rowe, thank you so much. Um, you did a fantastic job in, uh, in filling in and, and bringing up this very important subject. And like I referenced uh, about three hours ago, well, three and a half hours ago, I was named after my uncle that was killed in Vietnam in 1969. And a lot of times these troops get missions and they're in situations that they didn't create. But because that was the orders that was given down, that's what they had to go do because it was their job. We were in a war we should have never been in. However, once they decided to take that oath to defend our country and to take orders, that's what they're supposed to do. That's what they have to do. And the one way, the one way we can pay people back is, is no matter how we disagree at times, you know, the people that go put their life on the line for our freedom that some of us take for granted, we need to make sure that we show them and the flag of this country the respect that it deserves, whether we disagree or not. And it just upsets me at times when I see the flag disrespected because I know all the lives that have lost uh, defending our freedom and defending that flag. And um, so that's one point I'd like to bring up. Uh, the second point would be, yes, you know, veterans suicide is a major issue in this country, and it's not 22 a day. They don't really know the number because states do not report uh, those numbers. Um, and it's hard to come up with the accurate number because say someone goes and overdoses, it could come up as an overdose, but it could be a suicide. So the numbers are quite a bit more than 22. So back uh, months ago, I was challenged to do 22 push-ups a day. And in honor of my uncle, I said, well, not only am I going to do 22 push-ups a day, I'm very fortunate. I, I work out twice a day, and 22 push-ups weren't a challenge. And it's not the challenge of the 22 push-ups. It's just bringing awareness. So I don't run, but I decided to start running a 10K a day. And then someone said, hey, Scott, you need to look at Operation Restored Warrior, which Operation Restored Warrior is a obviously a nonprofit organization that um, is organization for people that are veterans to reach out and they have to qualify, but they reach out and they do drop zones throughout the United States of America. The, the veterans that have entered this program, not a single one has committed suicide. And so I started researching the Operation Restored Warrior. You know, obviously with COVID, a lot of nonprofits uh, were down because they couldn't hold their events. So instead of just saying we'd like to do something, we all need to take action. So what I did was I started running a 10K a day. I made it to about 75 days, and my goal was to raise uh, $50,000 to sponsor one of these drop zones. I, I found out that Operation Restore Warrior was down $300,000 in, in um, donations. So with the rise and grind tribe and people, everybody else started running and started doing push-ups, and it really went went, I guess, regionally viral. And we ended up raising fifty thousand dollars, and and that fifty thousand dollars enabled uh, eight or nine veterans to go attend this drop zone. Which remember, 
they have a hundred percent. No one has taken their life that's entered their program. So yes, let's honor them as we should, as we very well should. And we should never take our, our freedom for granted. I see people that, you know, have, have grew up in other countries and come to this country and they love this country so much because they've lived in socialism. They, they, they lived in, in, in just horrific conditions and they love this country because they don't take that, they don't take our freedom for granted and, and nor should we. But what we could do is we can make a difference. We could take action. I, I hate to run. I suffered for 75 days. That's nothing compared to what these brave men and women have sacrificed for us. So I do, I call all of us to take action and, and let's try to help the veterans and the families that are, that are here and, and honor the fallen. And uh, I just really appreciate all the respect and Dr. Rowe, you did a fantastic job, uh, you know, covering that segment and you're an amazing human being. And, uh, you know, I just want to say happy, happy Memorial Day and uh, rest in peace to all that have fallen for our freedom. Thank you so much, Scott. And thank you, Allie, for giving us this half an hour of your time. And we do honor your husband. We honor all the fallen heroes. And as last year, statistically, uh, 6,858 military personnel have fallen. We remember Franklin D. Roosevelt's quote, those who have long enjoyed such privileges as we enjoy forget in time that men have died to win them. Thank you for honoring the troops this weekend. With that, we hand the mic to Glenn for a reset or to the amazing Trevor. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Hey, Glenn, good morning, and Dr. Rowe, thank you so much. And uh, before I kind of switch the energy up in here, I love this conversation, and I love what you guys are talking about. I'd like to just take a moment, and I know this is Clubhouse and it's audio and all that, but I'd like to take just a moment to uh, pause, reflect, and take a moment of silence for our fallen heroes. Uh, so if we can do that, just take just a couple minutes in, or a couple seconds in here, a uh, moment of silence. All right, thank you so much for that. I appreciate you guys. Let's go ahead. I'm going to switch up the energy just a little bit in here. Let's rock and roll. All right, guys. So my name is Trevor Houston, and this is Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. And we are live every Monday through Saturday, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And this is your opportunity to get a seat at the table with those going to places you know you can go and doing the things you know you can do. And we don't see this with a clubhouse divider with a stage on top and an audience down below. No, no, no. Instead, we look at this as the world's largest breakfast table, full of motivation, education, inspiration, and even a friendly competition with the positive intention of pushing your momentum in the right direction. Now listen, 
We never want you to leave this room empty-handed. So you can go download The Morning 5 free ebook at themorning5.com. That's five steps to help you start your day and build an incredible life. So I'm super excited today because we've been holding a tournament in here. For, for those of you that have been following me in this room, on Tuesdays, I do this tournament and give people an opportunity to come up on stage and, and really dive deep and get in here and, and, uh, and show their, their capabilities and what they got and come out. And uh, we've, we've had just an awesome time and there's been some people that have just been crushing it. So I wanna give a shout out to a few of the folks who have come up in here and have actually uh, been forwarded to the next round, right? So uh, a big round of applause for Amy Schmidt, Deborah Anderson, Dr. John Agulu, uh, Dustin Seedler, and today we've got the honor of interviewing Courtney Poole. So if I can get everybody to unmute your mic real quick and give a warm welcome to Courtney Poole, please. All right. Now, let me formally introduce Courtney Poole to the to the audience here. So Courtney Poole, uh, born in San Francisco and grew up on the baseball diamond because her dad was in the MLB. Uh, she majored in kinesiology. I hope I'm saying that right. Probably not. Kinesiology. Kinesiology. <laughs> Trevor, kinesiology. Kinesiology. Look, I, I can't read, okay? <laughs> and minored in athletic training and university uh, at the University of North Georgia. She grew up playing at di all different types of sports. She loves playing and watching sports. She loves her family and friends dearly and currently is a champion in the medical device sales industry. When asked what does she enjoy most about Breakfast with Champions, she says she loves amazing stories and journeys, the tips and tricks, and trying to better herself and further her career and live the life to the fullest. So again, another warm welcome for Courtney Poole. Courtney, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited and nervous at the same time. <laughs> Well, let's talk about that for a second. I love people that can get out of their comfort zone, come up here on stage and look, look what's happening, right? You're growing. So I love that. You know, growth happens outside your comfort zone. So uh, I think it was like one of your first days in clubhouse, wasn't it? That you, you came up here and you played the tournament? Like maybe first or second day. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to, I want to get involved and I mean, I'm getting to be able to connect with amazing people that are very far in life and where I would love to be able to be. Um, and I'm young and I'm passionate and hungry um, to be able to learn um, from the best. I love that. I love that. So yeah, it was one of your first days. You're hungry, you're bold, you got up here on stage, you crushed it, you won the tournament. So congratulations to you. And uh, today we're going to talk about a few different topics, right? We want to talk about your career, your passions, hobbies, family, goals, all the different things that really make up who Courtney is. So tell us about your career and uh, and what really, you know, what really drives you in that area? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a little bit of a backstory. Um, I'm in sales. Of course, I studied kinesiology. Like if you don't know what kinesiology is, if you've ever heard of x-ray science, it's somewhat similar. Um, I love the human body. Um, I love everything medical and all of that. Um, so I majored in that. Um, and then I realized kind of 
junior year, the, near the end of junior year, that I wanted to go more into the sales aspect because I've been doing sales my entire life. I mean, little things like, you know, doing a lemonade stand, but making sure that, you know, I made, you know, a lot of money during that lemonade stand, which was not normal. And doing Sally Foster and Girl Scout cookies and always wanting to be the best, wanting to, you know, that top prize. Like I earned, a, I won a bike, I won an, um, an, like an eye touch, like I won things that I was like, I want this, so I'm going to make it happen. So I knew that I had um, characteristics of being a really good sales um, person. So um, I got out of college um, and of course I wanted to get into the medical device field. Um, it's pretty hard to get into. Um, I found that out real fast. Um, they're expecting you to have like three to five years of experience. Um, and I'm like, I'm coming out of college. I don't know how that is physically possible for me to have those years in the medical device field. So I'm like, well, how can I, how can, what are my avenues I can go into to potentially get into the field that I've been dreaming of? So, so how did you do that? They wanted you to, so in the, we call that the purple squirrel, right? We call that the purple squirrel where they want you to have all these, you know, criteria that almost don't seem possible. Right. And so yeah. how did you end up doing that? So, um, don't get me wrong. I still apply. I still apply, even though I did not have the experience. Did I get rejected? Yes, I did. But that did not stop me from keep on going. So I first got into, um, like pharmaceuticals. So I was a pharmacy technician and, at a, a compounding pharmacy, and if you don't know what that is, compounding pharmacy, we make um, specific medication for people. Um, so if it's not the regular dose um, and they need something specific, um, we have a we had a lab in the back of our pharmacy. So I got to like make prescriptions for individuals, which was really fascinating um, to be able to do. So I just got that job to get me like have still stay in the background of medical. Um, right. But then I went into um, healthcare software sales. Um, that was my next job I went into. And then that allowed me to get not medical sales, but like healthcare sales. Um, it wasn't software, but it was the next in. It was yeah, you're still in the same. Yeah, it's in the same industry. So exactly. yeah, that was that was perfect. I love that answer. Okay, so I'm the host of the Who You Know Job Networking Show, and we talk with job seekers all the time. And, and you know, a lot of people stop, right? You get rejected. You know, you have this dream. You want to do something, but you don't have the experience that the companies are looking for. Yeah. And it's a roadblock. And that most most will just stop. And they don't know how to, you know, take that next step. And so um, I love what you did. I think that is brilliant and amazing. So I just want to applaud you for that.
and you know that you're going to work your ass off to get there, which I know how driven I am, that's what got me into my now career, which I work in medical device, uh, the medical device field, and still the lower tier of medical device, but I got into it because my personality, my drive, they chose me over 10 or 20 people because of how passionate I am. Even though those other people had experience, I was like, I'm not giving up on this because this, I love what, I love the, you know, the product that I sell. I think it's extremely important um, and there's great benefits. So, I mean, you just, when you put your passion behind it, it, I think it comes out even more and it's like, okay, this person doesn't have experience, but it, are they teachable? Are they, are, can you mold them? Um, do they learn really well? Do they learn easily? Do they pick up stuff? And they, that's exactly what my two bosses that I had my in-person in interview with, they're like, you're teachable. You want to learn. We can mold you. We can help you. We can give you our tips and tricks. And I'm like, please give me your tips and tricks. Give me that training because I want to be better than you. Like yes. my goal is to be you. Yes. So I'm like, give me everything that you have so I can be better. <laughs> so you are a sponge, right? You're a sponge, you're learning. And you, you said, yeah. you know, you're young and I'm looking at your picture and you're young. And, and so yeah. I love that because a lot of people um, are scared of sales right? When you say the word sales, it's like, it's like a dirty word. You know, they're like, ah. they like, they run from that. Um, and I think it's the, the commission thing, right? So is in your industry with, with the sales that you're in, is it commission only or you, or you, is there a salary that goes along with it or anything like that? Is there any kind of cushion or is it just like, oh. Hey, you know what they say, you eat what you kill, right? <laughs> exactly. I do have a, I do have a base salary, um, okay. but you get, if, a lot of people don't know about sales. You get the main chunk from your commission. So if yeah. you're not very good, you're, you're not making gonna... as much money as you want. But that's what that's what if you know you're good at sales and you know you want to make a lot of money. Oh my God, sky's the limit. Yes. If you're good at your job, the commission the commission um, structure is good. You mm -hmm. can be making a lot of money in sales, especially exactly. medical device sales. So I learned, you know, sales at an early age as well. I got into the sales yeah. uh, industry at, at uh, 20, uh, 20 years old and immediately saw that myself. I saw that, you know, in kind of a corporate structure, uh, there was a ceiling, right? And it, and it was up to someone else uh, to, to open the door, to elevate you, to promote you, to, to take you to, you know, I mean, you had to put in the work, but somebody else would make the decision to promote you, to, to take you to that next level if you wanted to, to make more, to move higher. And so I, I noticed with sales, it was not that way. It was all about me. So I was in the driver's seat and I could make as much money as I wanted to. I could go as high as I wanted to. As long as I put in the work, it, it had nothing to do with you know, uh, corporate politics or anything like that. So I, I learned that very early on and it sounds like you did as well. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's sales, but it, like I said, it's not for everyone and it's, no, it's that's seriously a true statement. Like yes, it's not for everyone. If you're not a people person, if you don't have some qualities about being a salesperson, if you don't have that competitiveness, like being competitive, in a good way so like i cheer on the people that like that are on my team 100 when they get a win hell yeah i'm cheering you on like i want our entire team to do great but are you going to have that competitive edge to want to be the best 
be like, oh, you did that? Watch me. I'm going to do better. I'm going to be on that top of that list that's going to be like the top salesperson. So that's where you don't have that drive and that persistence um, and that competitiveness. And you're fine not being the top. Then I guess sales is going to be okay. But that's one of the big things about sales is typically it's competitive people. The background a lot of times is in actually in sports or they yeah that's what i was gonna ask you yeah yeah i was gonna ask you about that because you, you know your your father was in the mlb and you play sports yeah. and all that kind of stuff and and yeah. you know uh, in a lot of sports you know it's competitive but you also have a team atmosphere right like you're mm -hmm. you know um it's about a team and so you were just yeah. talking about you're you're championing uh your your teammates uh that are that are doing well you know and celebrating their wins and so there's this whole team atmosphere going on so talk to about that talk to us about your uh some of your hobbies uh, are you still play any sports or participate in any sports um so like i mean i do i'm in like a softball league but i mean that's i don't do anything like i mean super competitive it's more of just a fun league um i i mean i grew up i've got two older brothers so that's also another place of where I get my competitiveness. I've got two older brothers. They did not take it easy on me. Like, there was no, oh, my God, let my little sister win. It's like, no, let me beat her so badly. It's, that's, another, that's another spot where I got my competitiveness is we all love sports. We all want, all wanted to be the best. And for me, like, it doesn't matter what gender. Like, if I'm your girl, if I, I would play basketball with guys in high school. And I would, I mean, and they would take it easy on me, and then I would school them and score on them, and their boys would be like, oh, shoot, you just got beat by a girl. And it's like, no, take me seriously. Don't play me like I'm a girl. Play me like I'm a boy. Like, don't treat me any differently. And that's how it is in real life. It's like, girl and boy, like, yes, it's hard, but, like, you got to have you, you got to have that mindset of, like, it doesn't matter the gender. It's like you treat that person like you would treat any other person. And then that's how it was, like, in sports. Like, I would always want to play with the guys because the guys could get me better. Like, I want that toughness. I want that challenge. And for me, sports or working out with guys, because I knew that they would push me, even though they might, they would most likely beat me, it's still going to push me to get further and further and further. So, like, I love sports. I love playing it um, and all of that stuff. Um, but, yeah team atmosphere I didn't play really many sports that were just it was only me it was I was always on a team like I might have an individual event like when I did track but it was still a team sport so that's one thing that I love is being on a team cheering on a team um and all of that so well you are yeah. definitely definitely a champion you are in the right room for sure like the competitiveness and just everything that you're saying I love it um what what's next right like i i know you have drive and i see that so you probably if you have drive you probably have vision so what's next for courtney Where, where's your uh where's your career going where are you taking this thing um so like i do have that drive i of course want to be able to get promoted and get higher up um I mean, I would love to be able to work at the company Stryker. It's the world's largest medical device company worldwide. Um, that would be a dream to be able to work there. Um, and I, I have that drive and, you know, to get the experience that I need at my company right now um, and get promoted and learn as much as I can. Um, I would love to get there, but 
that's another thing is like, I don't know if like, I mean, I love medical and I love sales and I, but that's where my mind's like, what do I do next? What, what can I do? Cause for me, I kind of want to be like the leader or the owner. I mean, I have that aspiration of wanting to own my own like company, but I don't know what, and that's mm. where I'm like, that's the challenge is like, what is it going to be? What can I like? So that's where I'm, I'm like, I don't know. And it's driving me crazy. Cause I'm like, I want to know there's like, I think Hannah talked yesterday and like, she's 23 years old and I just turned 24 and I'm like, she already has her life together. I need to get my life together. Let's go. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, you got your life together. Life is a journey, right? Life is a journey. And, and oftentimes you don't know where it's going to take you. Right. Yeah. But have faith that you've got everything that you need. You've got the source and you'll get there, right? It, you may not know where you're going just quite yet. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You're still young. You've got everything you need. So, um, patience. Courtney, can I share something real quick, Trevor? I hop in real fast. Yeah, 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 oh, absolutely. Share, Courtney here. You said you're how old right now? I'm, I just turned 24 on Monday. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let me tell you something, Courtney. In my 20s, I I knew everything. I had it all figured out. I knew absolutely everything. And then I got into my 30s and I realized like, okay, I know some things like really, really well. And now that I'm in my 40s, I've realized I don't know anything. Like I don't have a clue. There is so much more to learn and to expose. And so like Hannah yesterday, she's totally in her 23 year old lane and she's making the best of who she is at 23 but that will all change having it all figured out and i don't know anyone who has it all figured out so welcome to the club of those of us that are just trying to figure it out one day at a time you are powerful you are a light you are impactful just continue to be present step into who you are today be the best version of courtney that you can possibly be today and continue to evolve into the best version of you that you will be in the future that's what i wanted to share thank you yeah if, if anyone wants to connect with me like if you can give me any advice of what you wish that you kind of like knew when you're in your 20s or like anything to do with investments or how to budget money better or like anything any advice I can get um, from people that are just, I mean, at any age. If, yeah. I mean, you Let's go to anyone. Haley real quick. Haley, Haley, are you here? Haley, Haley, Haley. I want Haley to, or Niku, you're here. Niku, talk to 24-year-old Courtney. I would love to. Thank you. Hi, Courtney. Good morning. Good morning. So as you're speaking, I was literally looking in the mirror and saying, I, I see you, 24-year-old you. I see you. Girlfriend, I was exactly where you are 10 years ago. And I started a marketing company and I was like on the top of the world. Everything was good. And honestly, just like Glenn said, I was more lost in my 20s and even in my 30s now. I just turned 34. And happy birthday to you, sweetheart. Gemini girl. I was on Friday too. So Gemini Taurus love right there. But I, I haven't realized until my 30s what truly makes me feel calm and peaceful and quote unquote successful. 
in my 20s, I was like, I just want to grind. I just want to be successful. I want to own a yacht. I want to have a big mansion. I want to have three kids and all this stuff. And I was just grinding, 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 running, running, running. I was running away from a past that I feared. And I was trying to run towards this future self that I so badly wanted to live that I wasn't enjoying the present moment. So like Trevor said, live in the moment, find joy in the process. Your journey is unraveling before you and just allow yourself to be right here, right now. The future will unravel. It's going to happen. And don't worry about the past. It's already gone. Live in this present moment right now. That's the best advice I can give to you as a 34-year-old talking to my 24-year-old self who was highly successful, who was making seven figures a year, who had a very successful company with multiple offices. I had 47 offices nationwide. I had over 500 employees. Like I was killing the game in my twenties, but I wasn't truly at peace in my heart. And I wasn't truly enjoying the ride because I was just running, running, running. Nothing was good enough. And now in my thirties, I'm just trying to enjoy the process. So if I can give you any advice, sweet girl, enjoy the process. I love that you're surrounding yourself with mentors and people that are where you would like to be, but find joy in learning from them instead of the stress of trying to be where they are. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Thank you. You're welcome. And then you could DM me on the offline. I'd love to give you some action steps from the 34-year-old version of me talking to the 24-year-old version of me of investments and things that I would recommend getting into. Love you. Peace and love. Nikki with the purple teal background and the little purple hearts. Amen. Trevor, this is Amelia. Oh, Amelia. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? Oh, Um, you know I'm good. Listen, you are magic. You are absolute magic. I love it. I love it. Love it. I'd love to gift Courtney a, a birthday gift and give her a genius key and a session uh, for us. I think it would open up so much for her. And so if she's game and if you'd like to gift it to her, I would be happy to deliver it. Of course. Go ahead. What, what were you going to give her? Amelia, did you go? Oh, Where'd you go? I- can you hear me? Yeah, I could hear you. Okay, I said I would happy to give her the genius key and actually do an actual session with her for a, a gift from us for her birthday because it will give her that uh, insight of past, uh, present, and future. Um, and I think she would really, really be able to um, understand how her keys will connect to that generational wealth and her purpose and all of that wonderful stuff that she's looking for. Um, I've watched it transform so many people, and I would love to gift it to her for her birthday. That is awesome. Where does she go to take that? Um, she can go to geniuskey.com, but if she just DMs me, I will do it personally for her. Oh. Um, so she doesn't have to go through the system. I will do it myself for her one-on-one. Um, and really, uh, I, I think, it, like I said, I've watched it transform some of the biggest uh, people in business. So for her, I know it will definitely do magic for her, especially since uh, she's so young, um, such a sponge. I just, I love eager beaver, younger people. And so if I can do anything to help the trajectory of their impact and their purpose, I'd love Courtney, you see Amelia Antonetti's uh, picture there with the red dress on. You see her up there. You need to connect with her for sure. That is a divine connection. And thank you, Amelia, I for that. I just sent her a DM. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Uh, also, one last thing I would like to say, um, you, you had mentioned, Courtney, that the company the, that you kind of have in your sights right now, was it Striker? Is that the company? Striker is the company that I would, in my 
in a couple of years, if I could, I'm going to keep on applying, but in a couple of years, I would love to be able to work there. It's the sure. world's largest um, medical device company, like worldwide. Well, I love that. I love that you said that. So uh, guys, if you're listening right now, and maybe you have a connection at Stryker, I'm just saying, uh, I'm the host of the Who You Know Job Networking Show, and it's all about who you know. So if we can open a door, uh, a connection for Courtney would be amazing. Hit her up in the DMs. And uh, you never know, it could it could just be, you know, somebody opens that door. Sometimes that's the way it works in life. So, all right, guys. Well, I appreciate you so much. And again, before I hand this thing over, uh, host of the Who You Know Job Networking Show. And if there are any job seekers out there that are listening, uh, please hit me up in the DM of Instagram. I have a free career transition summit that you guys can go through and learn all the tips and tricks on how to get noticed in your job search and it is free 99 to the community. So go ahead and uh, hit me up in the DM. I'd love to get you some more information on that. Um, and also make sure you follow Courtney. Everybody go follow I'm her, blow her Courtney, up. Trevor, and it's her birthday and it's my birthday, but my brother is a Southeast medical rep with, uh, appliance rep with Johnson & Johnson. I'm gonna see who he knows. So I can't find her. Um, Courtney, if you're still on stage, if you can DM me, I'm gonna try and hook you up with my brother, see who he knows. Yeah, keep on talking because I'm trying to find you. Mary Lynn, she's got the. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. That's okay. I'm below TM, above David, um, all the way over to the left. Oh, there we go. Okay. So DM me. Um, you know, guys run in circles. My brother's been doing it for like 15 years. He's, like I said, Southeast Regional uh, for Johnson and Johnson Trauma Medical Supply. So let me see what we can do. Who knows who knows who? And it's our birthday so I today. So there you go your Instagram and it says user not found. Uh, it's glitching. Okay. Um, just, I will find you. I will find you. You're okay. Yeah. I have an Android, so I can't attach my Instagram, but it is in my bio. I have to work on my bio, by the way. I'm so sorry, y'all. That's okay, um, Courtney. But that it's is in there. okay. All right, so what I will do is I'll make sure to get that connection put together. I will put you two together for sure because I love that. I'm all about putting people together and networking so people can elevate their careers. That's what I do. So I love that. I think that's just amazing. Thank you so much for sharing and for being here. You are a champion. Everybody, please go follow Courtney Poole. Happy birthday to you, by the way. If I can get everybody to unmute your mic and give a big happy birthday to Courtney Poole. <coughs> Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. It's about Happy birthday. Oh, snap. Somebody got the vocals. Thank you all so much. This was amazing. Love it, love it, love it. Well, guys, uh, and, and Courtney, thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate you. Now, without further delay, I'm going to hand it over to yet another amazing, amazing champion. The one, Tim the story, only. Tim story, Tim story. Oh, oh, Tim story. Tim story, Tim story, Tim story. <laughs> Man, Trevor, that was good today. Trevor, what did, what did you enjoy about the hour? Tell us, tell us a little bit what you just got out of it as being the person that was helping us as you were. You know. I appreciate you asking that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I just love pouring into people. I love being able to 
help others make those connections. And so I wanted to highlight, you know, her um, and Stryker, you know, I wanted to highlight that. And look, you know, it, it opened up an opportunity with Mary Lynn down there um, in, in some connections. And a lot of times you just got to ask for what you want out of life. If you just ask, you never know what will happen. Somebody will go, oh, I know somebody over there. I can help you with that. And so I love, I love being able to facilitate that and to be able to help Courtney in that way. So I agree. Trevor, you're a miracle releaser. Glenn, don't you think so? Glenn's out there on his farm doing something. <laughs> well, thank you, Tim. I appreciate it. All right. So, guys, uh, Tim Story, what a privilege to be with you guys. We're going to talk about some good things today. I think this was, will be probably my best session that I've had with you guys. I want to talk a little bit about manifesting, manifesting miracles in your life, manifesting miracles in your life. So you know that I, I wrote a book called The Miracle Mentality that I think most of you have. And um, a miracle is something supernatural, extraordinary, uncommon, not regular. I like to tell the story about Walt Disney. Remember in the 30s, he walked into an amusement park and he told his friend, one day I'm going to build my own amusement park. And I like that. One day, I'm going to build my own amusement park, but mine's going to be different, better, and more magical. So I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. So the question I have for you that you can just keep in your mind for a few minutes is that when you were little, what did you think you would do one day? One day, I'm going to, one day, I'm going to, and so... Walt Disney said, one day, I'm going to build my own amusement park, but mine's going to be different, better, and more magical. The word different, as you know, means distinct, diverse, and peculiar. Man, I like it. What if you're supposed to do something distinct, diverse, and peculiar? You've heard it said before, you've been born an original, don't die a copy. So we're supposed to do something different. Then Walt Disney said, I'm going to do something better. Better means exceptional, improved, superior. And, you know, as much as we respect our family members, what if we're supposed to do something at a next level? What if we're supposed to take the whole family to the next level? Exceptional, improved, superior. More magical means extra, further higher i don't know just in me i think that we're supposed to live this higher life that at utmost god did not create almost children so i'll talk for about 12 minutes and then i'm going to open it up like we did last week last week was phenomenal if you missed it so this is tim's story we're talking about the miracle mentality so i'm going to break into something this week and next week we're going to, i'm going to give you some attributes of people that have a miracle mentality okay so 12 attributes of people that have a miracle mentality and this is just from research study interviewing people and just being able to do this for a long time so attributes of people that have a miracle mentality like you number one 
they are internally motivated. People that have a miracle mentality, they're internally motivated. And that's the one that we're going to really get into today. Secondly, they don't waste time judging other people. Uh, so good. We could take a long time on that. Number three, they are humble. To quote Kendrick Lamar, sometimes you, know, you need to sit down and just be humble. All right, number three, attribute of people that have a miracle mentality, they're humble, willing to learn, willing to grow, willing to be wrong. Number four, they look at the upside of everything they face. I got to be honest, that's how I think. No matter what happens in my life, I look for the upside in everything that I face. Number five, people have a miracle mentality. And we talk a lot about this here on Clubhouse. And Glenn Lundy, again, thank you for having this space. They are authentic. They're authentic. But we need to always talk about that because it's so important just to be yourself. Number six, they push beyond their comfort zone. Number seven, they continue to learn. That's what we're doing today. Number eight, they know what they want. Ooh, so good. They know what they want. Number nine, they don't give up. Attributes of a person with a miracle mentality. Number 10, they don't blame others. As you've heard, it's easy to fix the blame rather than fixing the problem. To blame it on your family, blame it on your ex, blame it on a lot of stuff. Number 11, they take time for themselves. I am really big into that. I believe in days off. I believe in weeks off. <laughs> I've never taken a month off, but I do believe in days off and weeks off. They take time for themselves to replenish, rejuvenate themselves. And number 12, they surround themselves with motivators, okay? So those are 12 characteristics of people that have a miracle mentality. Again, a miracle is something extraordinary, unbelievable, amazing, astonishing, not common, not regular. I don't know why, but I believe that you are supposed to live that kind of life. So today I want to really work on number one. So I'm going to do this for the next two weeks, but today I want to work on number one. I'm going to talk for just about seven, eight more minutes, and then I'll open it up. But I want to talk about people that do well, and they are uh, people with the miracle mentality. They are internally motivated, okay? So let's break this down, what that means. Eternal is something on the inside. Your interior, it's in your middle. So internal is on your inside, interior in your middle. So so when I say that people that have a miracle mentality, they are internally motivated, I'm telling you, it's deep on their inside. It's in their interior. It's in their middle. So it's not like it's just hanging around them, but it's so deep inside of them that you almost can't shake it out of them. And so... People that have a miracle mentality that I get to be around and you get to be around, they're not semi-persuaded that they're going to do well. They're not kind of persuaded. 
they are fully persuaded that what they are wanting to do is going to happen. I'm trying to tell you, you can see it in all walks of life. And you'll, you'll, I'm going to break this down for you. So when I talk about people with a miracle mentality, they are internally motivated. It means inside, on in the interior, in the middle. So the question is, are you internally motivated? Is it on your inside, your interior, the middle? So little Tim Storyisms here. Motivation in the middle. Do you have motivation in the middle? Or do you always have to be propped up? Do you always have to be inspired uh, from the outside all the time? Not, nothing wrong with a lot of the times. But I think that you can get to the point where the miracle mentality is in your mind, but it's also in your spirit. And it's so deep on your inside that nobody can shake it out of you on your inside, your interior, that you have motivation in the middle. Motivation means stimulation, inspiration. It means drive and it means enthusiasm. So stimulation, inspiration, drive, and enthusiasm. So there are certain people that have stimulation in the middle, inspiration in the middle, drive in the middle. So a lot of you guys are into sales and you you know people like that. It could be you. They have stimulation, inspiration, drive, enthusiasm in the middle. So I want you to have a miracle mentality in the middle. Man, I like that already. So let's talk about Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant said this, anything negative is just an opportunity for me to rise. All right, what is that? That's motivation in the middle. That's stimulation, inspiration, drive, enthusiasm. So as you know, Kobe was all about the Mamba mentality. He says, anything negative, anything negative is just an opportunity for me to rise. So when you think about your divorce, if you got divorced, opportunity to rise. Setbacks in our childhood, opportunity to rise. People say no to us, opportunity to rise. Anything negative is just an opportunity to rise. So that's how Kobe Bryant saw things with this internal motivation. He said this about younger basketball players that were really not taking things seriously in an interview. He says, some of these young guys are out there playing checkers. I'm out there playing chess. In other words, I've decided to take the game to a higher level. He also said, I realized intimidation really didn't exist for me if I was in the right frame of mind. So he says, I realized, this is Kobe Bryant, that intimidation really didn't exist for me if I was in the right frame of mind. Do I really believe that? Yeah, because I believe that your mindset creates your mood set. So if you take notes, your mindset creates your mood set. We're talking about the miracle mentality. 
A miracle, again, is something supernatural, extraordinary, unbelievable, amazing, astonishing. Tim's story, do you believe we're supposed to live this life? Yeah, no doubt about it. It's who you are. It's innate. Walt Disney said, I'm going to do something different, better, more magical. And I believe that this is still going to be a magical May for you, a magical June, July, August, September, October, November, December. We're going to live this out. We gave 12 attributes of people that have this miracle mentality. Number one, they are internally motivated. All right. I'm going to share for four more minutes on this and we're going to open it up. Frida Kahlo from Mexico. She was born in 1907, passed in 1954. And great artist. Some of you love her work. Um, amazing movie called Frida that I've watched so many times. She had an accident. Some of you remember this. She was in a car accident. And at one point, her feet did not function. And this was her quote. Feet, what do I need you for when I still have wings to fly? What was she talking about? She's talking about internal motivation. Feet, what do I need you for when I still have wings to fly? I love that. You know why? Because no matter what you're going through, no matter what the setback is, you can still have internal motivation. Steven Spielberg, wow, what a great director. He says, my imagination really never turns off. I see things before they even happen. Man, think about just a few of his movies. I wrote this down yesterday. Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, Saving Private Ryan. But let me tell you a quick story about Jaws. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I was afraid to even go in the swimming pool. <laughs> the theme song alone scared me. But do you know that Steven Spielberg tells the story that Jaws is about a shark, right? It's part of it. Richard Dreyfus was in that movie. A young Richard Dreyfus played such a great role in that movie. But there was a time that the mechanical shark was not working. And Spielberg had to find a way where there was no way. And he said that even though the shark was not working, the mechanical shark, he said, I knew still somehow, some way, we were going to complete this movie and it was going to be good. Why? Because he had a miracle mentality. People, he was making a movie about the shark and the shark wasn't working, but he knew he was going to get through. Now, why is that, Tim Story? Because he had a revelation and a revelation led to conviction and a conviction led to action. A revelation is a disclosure, a revealing, an illumination. What's your revelation? What is your revelation? What is your conviction, your belief, your opinion, your view, your thought? Kobe Bryant had conviction. Frida Kahlo, conviction. Steven Spielberg, conviction. It leads to action, which means movement, operation, steps. I can tell if somebody believes something because they're taking what I call power steps with purpose and intent, with purpose and intent. Every day I'm hustling. Purpose and intent. Two more minutes. So the question for you today is, what are you certain about? 
And what are you supposed to release to the world? What are you certain about? And what are you supposed to release to the world? Is it a new book? Is it, is it a new play? Is it a new company, a new business? What are you supposed to release to the world? What are you internally motivated about? Nelson Mandela released leadership. Giorgio Armani released fashion. The Beatles released their music. What are you supposed to release to the world? What are you certain about? What are you certain about? Again, we're talking about the miracle mentality, extraordinary, unbelievable, amazing, astonishing. People that have a miracle mentality, they are internally motivated, okay? Let's talk about this. What are you learning and what are you supposed to release to the world? Okay, who wants to go first? Go and flash those mics, flash those mics. I was hopping. Okay, go ahead. Whoever that was, go ahead. This is Bernita Adele. Thank you, Tim's story. Each week is absolutely awesome. Um, a couple things that I just touched on. I think the, the biggest thing that resonated with me today was the idea of for every negative thing, there is an opportunity. And one thing that I've had the chance to release into the world is that um, in 2005, my family went through Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. And I, at that time, I just graduated from college. And right after Katrina, I lost uh, my closest cousin to AIDS. And it was Katrina hit in August 2005. My cousin Leslie tested positive for HIV in September 2005. And he f died five months later in February 2006. It might as well have been a page out of 1986. And so uh, with that, uh, with that, that sadness, that trauma, um, I started my first brand, Human Intonation, as a premium charity-driven apparel brand using fashion as a platform to raise awareness and funding for different nonprofit organizations. And over time, the focus really honed in on rebuilding in the Gulf Coast and to HIV and AIDS prevention, testing, and treatment. Uh, it's been, it was an incredible journey. Uh, created some amazing partnerships with Governor Cuomo's office and ending HIV and AIDS in the state of New York, amongst other things. But with that, it's not the end of my journey because I, it, I did reach a point when I realized that there was a level of guilt that I was carrying and doing this work. I was here and living and thriving and I had survived when my cousin had otherwise passed away. He and I were just six months apart. And so um, with, the, with your message today, I know there is more that I am meant to release into the world. And I know that my story is evolving and changing. There is definitely a book inside of me, more than one, that New York Times bestselling author is on my, my vision board and in my future. But uh, just to offer up that the things that have happened to us, those negative things that are opportunities, not only are they opportunities, but they are meant to change and evolve and to release any potential guilt that are attached to those negative experiences so that we can truly uh, step into our miracle 
mentality. So I wanted to give that today and thank you. That's a good, that's a good share. And the thing I like about what you're doing, I just started following you, make sure everybody follow her is it's very Kobe Bryant. And when he's, when he talks about this, that anything negative is just an opportunity to rise. And the fact that you say that it wasn't just one negative thing that hit, it was like two negative things and maybe there was even three and four. But in the midst of that, you had to stay internally motivated on your inside and your interior on your middle. And I want to say this to everybody, guys, that's that's something that we work on. You just don't get motivated by just going to one seminar and, you know, that can help you, no doubt about it. But I believe it's something that you work on. I believe it's something that marinates, grows, matures on your inside and then you express it and you release it. That was a great share, okay? Somebody else who's up new? Tim Michelle here, Billionaires down at the bottom. How are you? I'm good, thank you very good. much. I'm loving this topic because for me, I like Renita, I suffered like several things at the same time. Um, loss of my dad, um, got diagnosed with breast cancer and also was actually having a lot of conflict at my uh, my job at all at the same time. And I thought this did not come to destroy me, but to make me better. So as I was going through my chemotherapy and I would go back to the, you know, every, every month to the um, cancer center, I would look at the words cancer. And, you know, it scared me because when I first heard the word, it was terrifying as for most people. And so what I decided to do was to take the sting out of the word cancer. And the way I did that was I looked at the word cancer and I said, oh God, you're so funny. The first three letters of the word cancer means can. It means I can do this. I can win this battle. And so I took the word cancer and I broke it up. And I took uh, the last three letters of cancer and made it sort of like an acronym. So I said, I can. So what can I do? I said, first of all, I can control my response to this diagnosis. I have to have a positive attitude that I'm going to win in the end and I've already beat this disease. So I took the word cancer and I said, I can. And then the last three letters of CER, I made those sort of like a little um motivational statement or affirmation, if you will. So I took the word, the letter C, and I said, I can control my emotions and my response. And then I took the word E, I mean, the letter E, and I said, I can evolve. I can evolve into a higher, a higher being, a higher, um, how do I, how do I put it? That's I knew good, that's that. good enough. I mean, you, you know, higher yeah, yeah. being, your higher yeah. self. Yeah, yes. I had to, I had to get, I had to do mind over matter is what I'm trying to say to you. I had to actually elevate my thinking and my mindset to say, I can do this. I can't look at the physical symptoms that's happening in my body. I have to take my mind to another level. So I evolved. So I took the E and made that evolve. And then last, the R in cancer, I said, I can rejoice. I have gratitude. What's in this for me that's positive? And so I looked at the word cancer and I totally broke it up. I took the sting out of the word cancer and I won and I beat it. So I just wanted to share that. Thank you, Tim. Okay. That's a, that's a beautiful share. And I think one of the things that, that a lot of us don't understand because we've never been through that. Maybe some people have, but some people have not, is that it was a daily battle and, and, 
a lot of you that are listening right now, you're you're in a daily battle. It could be for your mindset, it could be with mental health, it could be with addiction, with with her, it was to to deal with cancer. But I love what you did. You shifted it. It's like Steven Spielberg when the shark was not working. A mechanical shark was not working, but he was making jaws. And he had to find the miracle mentality and get a revelation. And the revelation leads to conviction. And the conviction leads to action, which is movement, operation, and steps. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay? And, Jay, listen, I think you're around. If you want to help me moderate or one of the other people that know how to do this, that would also probably help me. All right? I'd Who's love up it. next? I'd love Tim? to jump in. This is Tony. Jump in next, please. All right. So, Tim, I love the story about Spiel, uh, Spielberg and billionaires. I love that story as well. You know, what that brings to me is that we have to believe more. We have to believe in what we're doing. We have to believe in our mission. We have to believe in uh, and have the conviction to 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 get to where we want to go and have more faith, have faith over fear, because so many times, you know, we we tend to choose the wrong way. We tend to to look at what the challenges are, what the problems are, instead of looking at the outcome. And Spielberg very much did this, as did Michelle, I believe, uh, billionaires. You know, you've got to look at the outcome and see that as it as it exists. See that instead of, 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 of fearing what could happen, have faith in what, what you want to have happen. You know, and you know, and it goes back to gratitude, I think, is 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 really about being grateful for the outcome being grateful forward for what it is that you want, because of course it's easy to be grateful for what you've had. It's easy, it's even easy to be grateful for what you have currently, but it's not as easy to be grateful for what's coming, to be grateful for that outcome, to be grateful that, you know, I am cancer free tomorrow, to be, to say that tomorrow, I thank you for being pain free. Thank you for having succeeded. Thank you for this movie being completed. Thank you for the success of whatever it is that I'm working towards and not living in fear because we you know we can either live in fear or in faith and both fear and faith demand that you believe in something you cannot see right so i'm very much a believer in believing in faith and having faith that we're going to have the outcome and that the, the work that we're putting forth is going to yield the fruit is going to yield the result uh, of what it is that we want and it really comes down to the belief in yourself belief in that mission belief in that dream of whatever it is that you're working towards and as you do that if you're and again if your why is strong enough you can withstand just about any what and the how will reveal itself as you're moving forward in the direction of your dream as you're moving forward and and taking action and not just sitting there and waiting and praying and hoping that it happens. It's about taking action uh, towards that. And again, I'm sure Steven Spielberg, every day they were recording, every day they were moving forward into, into making things happen and making the impossible possible. Because there is no nothing that's impossible. The limit to what we believe, you know, because what was impossible 50 years ago is commonplace today. You're exactly right. Spielberg talked about that they were filming other scenes while they were fixing the shark <laughs> love it so, yeah. uh, so, so no that's doubt. what all of us have to do this guys every one of us there's times we got to film other scenes while they're fixing the shark you're like i thought he was the one well he's not so now you got to film other scenes while they're fixing the shark you guys that's so powerful another thing i want to say is 
let's not act like we're inventing this way of thinking. Even if you go to Bible, to the Bible, it says we need to see those things, okay, that have not yet happened as though they have happened already. So before they happen, we need to see them and know that they're going to happen before they actually appear. And so that is that is faith. Faith, you can't always see it. You can't always smell it, taste it, touch it. But you just know that you know that you know. There are some of you that you know that you know that you know on the inside of you that you're going to manifest amazing things this year. Look what Kobe Bryant did with this Mamba mentality. It was not just in basketball. He won an Academy Award. All right? Somebody tell me what you're learning, what you're thinking today. Who's up next? If I, hey, can, I, just, if I can just if, add one other thing that the, the phrase, I have no fear, do not fear, shows up in the Bible 365 times. That's one for every day of the year. So have faith over fear, my friends. This is Tony. I'm complete. Great, great to have you here, Tim. You're welcome. I didn't even know that. That was good. This is where we Tim, what's up, brother? David thanks Hill for bring, here. Thanks, thanks for bringing Rick Rock. <laughs> that was cool. My, my man. Listen, man, just listening, and I love number one. And, you know, it's it's just everything that everybody said, the belief, the action, you know, they put in, in the activity, the work. And, you know, when I think about that, I, I think about Michael Jordan and Oprah and obviously Kobe. And, I, you know, I, I'm – I can't imagine there's any doubt. I actually heard Oprah, an interview recently where she talked about there can be zero, zero doubt, like zero. And uh, that really resonated with me. And I started working on this business, Tim. I decided August of last year that I was going to transition from selling real estate to teaching other agents how to sell real estate and coaching them and consulting them. And it was, uh, it, it's been a, a tough transition, to be honest with you. And I wrote down a goal, and the goal that I wrote down was, I, I'll be honest with you, at first I wrote it down because I, that's what I wanted to do, and I, I almost didn't believe I could do it. Well, last week, we hit our weekly goal. First time ever that we hit the weekly goal. So now what I need to do is I need to continue doing that, right? I need to duplicate that. But I can tell you what, Tim, that by hitting that goal, it's, it's shown me that it's possible now. And now I'm starting to believe. It. And so what I just want to say, and I appreciate you. And what you're doing, and is you're you're just you're building your faith. So you're building your faith, and it's like using a baseball metaphor. You hit a single, then you hit another single, then another single, then another single. You guys, man, just get on base. Hit a single, then a single, then you start to get as you were just talking about that internal motivation on the inside, the interior, the middle, ooh, I could hit a single. I could, I, I could get that shark to work. Man, I can do it. So it's that internal motivation on the inside, the interior, the middle. And the motivation is the stimulation, the inspiration, the, the enthusiasm, the drive. And so as you start hitting those singles, you start wanting to wake up the next day to hit another single. So great share, and thanks for bringing Rick Ross with you this morning. All right, who's up next? Hey, Tim, this is Rob with the Yellow Book. 
a number of things that you've said related, uh, but the part that I, I want to share and in and heighten is what am I supposed to create? When I originally stepped into education, that was the first question that was burning inside of me. And I thought that I was supposed to create students and an atmosphere of learning, and that wasn't enough. And then I thought I was supposed to create uh, a lacrosse program, and, and I built a, a kindergarten through 12th grade lacrosse program and, and brought communities together, and that wasn't enough. And then I kept asking myself, what am I supposed to create? So I stepped in and, and then started training and personal training and, and trained professional athletes across the country, and that wasn't enough. And I'm finding myself asking that question, and I'm in a space now where I know what I'm supposed to create. I'm supposed to create a space where we are teaching, guiding our educators to become personally developed as humans so they can impart knowledge, wisdom, guidance onto the students in front of them. And we need to move from this space of professional development because everything and everyone in a traditional setting that has had a problem or an issue was someone's student at some point. And if we had the knowledge in our classrooms with our teachers to be able to grab someone before they took their life, before they fell on hard times, before finances fell, before their families fell apart, if we had teachers that were educated in learning about who they are first, they can align that student with the right person before tragedy strikes, before they walk into the building with the gun. Who am I supposed, what am I supposed to create is just that has been my calling card. And I am so grateful to hear uh, you share that because with that, exactly what you said, that clarity brings the confidence to create it before it's done. And, and you have brought that to light. So thank you for that. And I appreciate uh, you sharing that. You, you are a guiding light, my man. And this is Great Robert, share, Yellow Robert. Book. And you guys follow Robert. I just started following you. And Robert, just in 30 seconds, what is that book you're holding? Tell us about how to get your book. It's a personal development book for our educators to help them become more self-aware, empathetic, and curious. It's available on Amazon for anyone that has a student or is a parent or has a, a wants to bring a beacon of light and hope into the educational system. That should be brought to anyone that you consider a leader in the space. This is Rob with the Yellow Book. I'm humbled and, and grateful for you, Tim's story. I love it. And you see how he did it in 30 seconds? And let me just say this, just because I've been speaking on stages for a long time. If they give you 18 minutes to speak, man, go 16 minutes or 17 minutes. Don't go 23. I promise you, I beg you to hear what I'm saying. If you're on a podcast and they say it's 30 minutes, don't get so excited you go 43. And you'll always get invited back if you stay right under and be very precise with what you say and hit them with something powerful and then pull all the way out. All right, who's up next? Less is yeah. more. I love that. I'm just going to quickly reset real quick. You guys are here at Breakfast with Champion, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. 
Um, we have Tim's story here. So if you're not following him, you definitely should click on his face and click on the little bell notification. So it's always on because he's not always here, but when he is, he's always dropping gem, but he is here with us all the time at, um, on Thursdays. Um, make sure you're following the little greenhouse up top to get more rooms like this. Cause we do run rooms throughout the day. Um, not just breakfast champion. We have a lot of amazing room ran by a lot of people that you see on here and click the little plus sign so you can share this knowledge with everybody else as well and whoever resonate with you follow them as well um so tim i'm so excited to see you back um especially after last time so um jeff did you want to ask tim something yeah no i just wanted to um say i appreciate i got pinned in here uh by glenn and i forgot it was tim story time tim you always bless me every time i'm actually getting the miracle mentality on audio so i can listen to it then uh which every is time phenomenal. Tim starts speaking i start pinging like crazy jeff i'm like get in here everybody Tim. yeah Glenn, everybody oh, start paying dude uh it's literally spoken to me and the same advice you gave me the same thing grant gave me before i went out the first thing and you know everybody can know um you know that you know the lord gave me a gift uh of um of be able to speak tim you were the first one to and acknowledge that and really have me believe in uh, other people before, you know, before you start believing in yourself, which I think is extremely important. Sometimes before we believe in us, when you have someone else believe in you, that gives you the confidence to do more. And um, that's honestly your book and just you sharing all the time. I totally appreciate. And yeah, I'm speaking out in uh, Vegas next time. So I'm going to definitely adhere to that and definitely keep it uh, down underneath what it is, because I think that's definitely um the, you know, the way, way to go, because it always, it, you're right. It, I did it at the last one I spoke at, and then they asked me to come back. And uh, my best, my best thing would be, what's, how do you speak in story form? This is things I, I love telling stories to connect and you do it so well. Um, what's, what's a, uh, you just, it's illustration speaking. Is that how you did that? Where did you learn to do that so well? Cause I love speaking and telling a story and then connecting it. I'm going to, I'm going to answer that question and good to hear from you. And thank you for the compliment. So we're talking about the miracle mentality today, but we're going to segue into speaking just for a second. Um, just to be honest with you, most people are just kind of okay speakers. And what happens is they get in their own way. And what I mean by that is, I don't study a lot of motivational speakers because it's like the five steps that are very hyped up that they usually got somewhere else. I really got trained by comedians. Um, you look at Dave Chappelle today, the guy can just own a stage, even a whole different type of comedian. You look at Jerry Seinfeld. I went and saw him one time in Long Beach, California for for an hour and a half, he had you in the palm of his hand. And part of it is the power of storytelling. And so I think that if you are a speaker, study comedians and the timing, uh, even like guys like uh, Joe Coy, he's so good. Uh, Sebastian, of course, one of the best. Eddie Murphy, but even some of the older ones, even David Leonard. Letterman's stand-up is, is super good, but the timing, the storytelling, because you know how to tell your own story. You know how to tell your own story, and I think that that has been my strength, and could you imagine that I have been able to tell stories in 75 countries of the world to 85,000 people at a time in some of my events, 
with the power of telling stories. Okay, we're talking about the miracle mentality, and I gave 12 attributes of the miracle mentality. I'm going to do it again next week, but we're talking about being internally motivated. We're going to bring somebody up in just about 60 seconds. Internally motivated. Internal means on the inside, the interior, the middle. Motivation in the middle. We talked about Kobe Bryant. He says anything negative is just an opportunity to rise. And then I said to you, what is it that you are supposed to release to the world? What are you certain about that you are supposed to release to the world? Okay, who's up next? I have a question, Tim. Yes, I'm ready for you. This is Sean right above you there. Um, you know, I've listened to you speak a lot. You've obviously got your stuff together. You know what I'm saying? You know, you found your spot and you've stopped chasing if you ever did, right? So what is it in that list that maybe you, I, I think a lot of people would wonder like, if there's something you would have to work on in that list. And I'm sure Justin Davis will throw me back in the garden for this, but if, if you could just mm-hmm. expound on that a little bit, I think that would be, I think that would be interesting to people because we've all heard you speak and pour into us, but I'd like to know what we can do to pour into you or hold you accountable for in the future. I, I like it. And I, and I think somebody said to me yesterday, they said, why do you get on the, these things? And um, I get on this room every Thursday and people, somebody told me, I said, why do you get on? I said, number one, it's a privilege, you know, what Glenn Lundy has, has done, flash your mics, look what he's doing. He's changing lives. And I said that I get on not just to quote unquote add value to people. I'm a learner. I like growing. I like researching. So it, it's funny that even though, you know, I have been able to get a lot of things done in life. I still see myself a little bit like little Timmy from Compton, you know, seven people in a two bedroom apartment driving around in a Volkswagen bug. (laughs) So, you know, sure. There's a lot of stuff I get to do and, you know, things that I'm doing that some people would think are pretty cool projects. But I think that I learn from just listening to you guys, even the story about, fighting cancer day after day. I see Mr. Kutcher on here today. I was listening to you the other day uh, about your story. Look what Glenn Lundy's done, turning his setbacks to come back. Look what Jay List is doing and just her brand exploding right in front of our face. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm a learner. I'm a grower. I'm not there yet. I will never be there. And so I love, I love to learn. So if you ever want to challenge me to learn, I don't mind. All right, who's up next? I will vouch. I will vouch for that just because when I every time we're we're on the phone, he's always talking about like how he's learned from me, and I'm like me of all people. Like I'm always learning from you, and that's that's the cool thing about Tim is that he's always humble. He's always a student first, and he's always learning regardless of who you are. There's no there's no hierarchy or status. So I pr- I really appreciate people like that. If you guys are wondering how far Tim has 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 come, you can PTR and see what Tim was like before, and this is what Tim looked like after. <laughs> he's got a new brand new haircut the the compton jimmy, jimmy from compton jimmy from compton jay lissa 
straight yeah, out. Yeah, right. Look, he's got a new shirt and a new haircut. Got rid of the hat. He's a brand new man. So that's going to be Tim's it, NFT, Jaylist. That's going to be Tim's NFT. That's right. That's right. So yeah, you guys are witnessing in real time. And he hangs out at the Polo Lounge in Beverly Hills all the time. Yeah. Hey, you guys. Yeah. Hey, you guys. It's Forbes Riley calling from Costa Rica, listening to some of my amazing best buddies. And Tim, I got a question for Forbes. Before you ask any questions, she's in Costa Rica. How much do we love her? Flash your mics. Forbes. Icon, world shaker, gorgeous woman. To think that you've done all this at age 32 years of age. Forbes is amazing. What is hey, can I tell you guys, I am, I changed up my life. I'm sitting here looking at some wild horses right in my front yard, looking out at the beach. Something changed radically. I was in a sweat lodge last night thinking about massive levels of gratitude. And it's just, it's been an incredible life, Kim. I, I love you so much. I feel it is beyond an honor to know that you know my name, that we are friends, that you know who I am. Guys, and the question that I was going to ask you, because it's not about me right now, was as I'm ascending my ladder, and many of us are, including Glenn. I'm, in fact, I interviewed Glenn years ago on my radio show. He was nobody then, man. He had to get up to rise and grind. I'm like, you're nuts. And now I'm living his philosophy. Go crazy. <laughs> I love it. Let me tell you something. Next week, I'm on stage. I've been talking about Mel Robbins for two years. I don't know Mel, but I'm standing on stage with her and Deepak Chopra and Damon John next week. I'm like, I have no idea how I got here either. You got Timmy from Compton and Forbes Riley from Long Island, New York. But I think we all have to come from somewhere. And somebody said to me the other day, you know, Elon Musk, big billionaire and all, you know, two things that he does that you do. And I'm like, what? He sits on the same toilet and eats with a fork. I thought, that's pretty funny. Actually, let me think about it. There's things that you just have to do as being human. And you were just talking about humble. See, I don't understand any other way to be. I'm always going to be a little Francine from Long Island, and he's very grateful for everything that I get to do. There's moments when you and I can stand on the stage and command an audience. But short of that, you know, when I'm in bed in the morning and I'm calling into Joshua's arms and I'm being grateful that somebody loves me the way they do, have you met people who are not that way? Is, is that the deal? They just get something in their head that they lose this sense of humility and, and being a person? Because I don't want to be around them. But And if there's a secret to maintaining it as you get up, can you tell those people? Because I don't need it. I'm never going to be anything other than what I am. But I, I do see it in other people, and I don't know what the secret is to say, hey, guys, don't lose this, this humanity because you're going you're gonna to miss out on the best part of life. Okay, Forbes, stay on for a minute, because I think that what I, what I have found, because you guys got to understand, I've been life coaching people for 35 years before I even knew what a life coach was. I went to Dr. Helen Mendez, who taught at USC, and she liked my vibe, so she mentored me for 17 years in coaching people. But as, as you guys know, I started off talking to guys like Jack Lemon, Walter Matho, Tony, Tony Curtis. And then it moved into Charlie Sheen, Robert Downey, on and on and on and on. So, you know, I've been in Beverly Hills for all those years, life coaching human beings. And Forbes, what I find is that when people forget the struggle, so notice that word I said, forget. When they forget the struggle is when they get in trouble. When you forget the struggle, you're going to get your ass in trouble. <laughs> Man, don't forget the struggle. When 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 you when you start doing big things and everybody's clapping and cheering and 
you come out of a restaurant, the paparazzi's waiting. I mean, this has been my life being around people like this for 35 years. When you forget your struggle, what it took to get there, that's when you get in trouble. Forbes, what do you think about that? You got to remember the struggle. You know what? I've, I've never heard it put that way. And I'm going to say you're absolutely right. I remember a time when nobody knew who my name was. And I talked to people. I show them Clubhouse all the time. And I'm like, hey, guys, you know what? Watch this. I'm going to go into a room. I don't think I know anybody here. And they're going to mod me. And he's like, what, what do you mean to mod? I said, just watch. I said, I spent a lifetime to get to a place where people care that I had an opinion. So, but I never forget that. I, I wake up every day with a massive sense of gratitude. And maybe that's part of your daily practice. But you're right. That's maybe that's what it is. Because unless you're with me, I see people with a silver spoon in their mouth. My daughter used to say, Mom, how come everybody on stage, like Tony and all you guys, talk about living in a small apartment, how to sleep in my car, was almost homeless? I said, because when you got a story to tell and a journey to be on, you feel like turning around and giving it back and giving someone a hand up. I guess if you got a silver spoon in your mouth, you're sitting in Bali and you don't really care. I don't know. I've never met those people and don't mean to you know, insult them if I do. But remember the struggle. Tim, thank you for that words. I'll tell you, if I ever need to be inspired, there's two men in my life that I well, there's three. One I can't actually meet because he's way up there and wrote a best-selling book called Bible. But the other two would be Tim Brown and Les Tim Brown. <laughs> Sorry, Les Brown and Mr. Tim. Wow. Thank you so much for that. And Les and I both love you because Les and I talk all the time. We both love you. Forbes Riley, all the way from Costa Rica. All right, who's next? Hey, Tim, this Tim. is Alpha Six. Um, yesterday, David Spizak said something so powerful. He said, don't become the elevator music. The elevator got you somewhere. The music is easily forgotten. And I think, according to what Forrest is saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, the people who bought their way or bought followers or some weird thing to get to a place they don't actually deserve to be, they don't know the actual roads because they never took the road. They never walked in the dirt. They never rode the train. They never got on the journey. They just arrived somehow. And sooner or later, the universe will just balance it back out and they'll find themselves right back at the starting line because you have to actually take the road. What do you think about that, Tim? I think that's phenomenal. And that's one reason that people who wash my car, I tip them so high. They all, they're always in shock. When people bring food to my door, I chase them outside and I thank them. I look them in the eye. Come on, people. Don't forget your struggle. So the fact that we used to be like lower income, the fact that I can go into a store and not be afraid of a price tag, man, I have gratitude. I have gratitude for space. I have gratitude for high ceilings. I have gratitude that I can afford to get in a nice Uber. Yeah, gratitude. Don't forget to struggle. Five more minutes we got today. This is Tim's story. Tim, this is Aaron. Tim, this is Aaron. I'm third from the bottom, right below Patrick. How are you doing this morning? Aaron, good to hear you, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, Tim. Great morning. Champions, great morning. Um, you know, Tim, I just had a 26th birthday, and I've just started to internalize the lesson that we tend to over-dramatize worst-case scenarios. Like, we get wrapped up in our own heads and keep ourselves down because of it. And I want wanted to know your thoughts on our tendency as people to over-dramatize worst-case scenarios and what we can do to break out of that mentality. Aaron, did you say you're only how old? <laughs> 26. Just had a 26th birthday. Okay, just just hold on. That That is so young. 
I like the way you're thinking. So, Eric, this is, this, is a, this is a cool saying. Don't ever forget it. Don't get dramatic in the midst of the drama. Don't get dramatic in mm. the midst of the drama. See, because, guys, listen, drama is going to come, then it's going to hit again. If you own one company, you're going to get drama. If you, if you own eight companies, you're going to get more drama. Think of the drama that Elon Musk woke up to this morning. Drama, 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 drama. So if you get dramatic in the midst of your drama and you try to make that, ooh, that's my big story. Ooh, that dramatic thing happened. That's my big story. No, that's just part of life. Don't get dramatic in the midst of the drama. Deal with your left while you keep on going right. You know how powerful that was? Deal with your left while you keep on going right. As you keep on going right. Tim, I want to ask you something. How do you come up with all these like amazing one-liners? And they're and they're all my own. Yeah, do you just sit? Do you just sit and like think about these things all day, or just like they just flow into you by intuition? How do we get some of that? I study three hours a day. So every day I'm studying something three hours a day. Yesterday I was watching an interview by Jay Z with the Washington Post. Then from there, I went to studying the book on being quiet. Every day, Jayless, I study three hours a day. And then you push me and the stuff pops out. And so it's like Smokey Robinson <laughs> writing a song. You push me and I'm going to say creative things. Mm. But I fill myself with things and then they pop out. That makes sense, right? Yeah, so... So you need to be pushed. So, so if you were to give advice for someone else to have these one-liners, what would you say? I say, I say, you got to marinate. You got to, you got to educate yourself, and you got to, you got to educate, then you got to marinate. So I educate, then I marinate, and I study, and I study, and I educate, and marinate, and then things pop out to change people's lives forever. I mean, don't sit, don't settle, don't submit yourself in setback while you're feeling the sting of your setback. Life is preparing your comeback. I mean. To have Robert Downey Jr. quote that in different interviews, as Tim Story says, the greater the setback, the greater the comeback. You know, that becomes cool. When Barack Obama is quoting you, that becomes cool. Yeah. All right. So in two minutes, we got something next. Do we have one more person, Jay Lissa? Jay Lissa, can I get the silk? Can I come? Of course, I'm excited to hear from you. Two minutes. We got exactly two minutes. Okay, this is two minutes. Tim, what's up, brother? Okay, I have a question for you. I'm completely blind and I'm trying to evolve. I have echolocation, but I'm just in the beginning stages. So I'm trying to evolve in mercy. I I am truly about faith over fear. What do I, how do I do that? Okay, did you say that you are completely blind? That is correct. And I have echolocation. Okay. So here's what I want to say to you. I, I say that no matter what our situation, we look for mentors and how they navigate it. So one of my best friends in the world is a man named Stevie Wonder. That's one of my great friends. Okay. Look what he's doing with being completely blind. So I would listen to his interviews. I would listen to how he has worked through uh, obstacles, challenges how he sees certain things, not as challenges, 
because Stevie said this to me. He said, Tim, don't let your vision get in your way. In other words, because you can see, don't let that stop you. He says, I have inner vision. So thank God you still have inner vision. Okay? You're a beautiful person. All right, life is good. I'm done. That was one hour. What's up next? Somebody tell can we, me. Can we give some mic flashes for Tim, please? Especially if you're following him. Are you guys all following Tim? Because I'm going to start dropping people. I'm kidding. <laughs> Yay. Yay, Tim, do you see the love? Thank you, Tim. We, Much love. We all love you. God bless you, Tim. Thank you, Tim. What a privilege. You rock. See you guys next Thursday. Say, so happy to have you guys Probably here. two hours. Jay, listen, we'll probably be doing something in two hours. <laughs> no, but but next time we definitely have to have you back in the room because everyone wanted to ask you so many more questions. But you're so popular, you just have to hop around. So um, I'm excited to have you. And then Tim's also back on Thursdays if you want to ask him more questions at 6 a.m. Pacific time. So um, you guys and are Tim, here. This is Glenn. I sent you a text. All right, love you guys. Yeah, just Thank so just in case you don't get a notification, you got a text from Glenn. <laughs> love you guys. Hello, love you, Tim. You guys are here at Breakfast is Champion, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. Follow the greenhouse if you haven't already so you get more notifications for the, from these um, awesome people that you see here on stage. And click on the little plus sign and t um, ping some people in because we have Jen next and she always has amazing segments. Um, if you want to learn how to get your morning routine on, you can go to themorning5.com to download your ebook. So I'm excited. Um, Jen. Next is your next, Lavender. Right? Oh, yeah, morning. I was going to say, it's <gasps> well, nice today. Sorry, Jed. I'm all, I usually pass it on to you, so I got used to it. I got used to it. Um, Lauren, my fave five, my headphone minion. <laughs> it is all good. And then I was panicking, too. I'm like, oh, is, he, is today even Thursday? Because when you're a mom, I swear to God, every day is Monday. So thanks, everybody, for Thank helping you. clarify that. Good morning, everyone. I'm Good so morning. happy to be here this morning. And of course, a huge thank you to you, Glenn, for having me. I'm so grateful to be a part of this impactful show. And so for those of you who don't know me, I'm Lauren Lavender, or as Glenn calls me, Faye Five. And I'm a recovering, burnt out, stay-at-home mom turned entrepreneur. And that's exactly what I want to dive in today, burnout. Though most of us are familiar with this term, what we may not be as familiar with is that this is actually qualified as an illness. Burnout is a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. It occurs when you feel overwhelmed, emotionally drained, and unable to meet constant demands. And according to a study from Winona State University, there are five stages of burnout, and most people have been affected by this illness by the age of 32, especially in their professional career. So the first stage is the honeymoon phase. This is when we undertake a new task, we throw on our rose-colored glasses, and we become high as a kite on getting into that thing that we wanted to do. We start to experience a ton of satisfaction, commitment, energy, and creativity, and for me, this happened the second I quit my job to become a stay-at-home mom. I couldn't wait to throw in my blazer and laptop for yoga pants, pants and burp cloths. And the second stage that came on was the infamous onset of stress. And this is where the rose-colored glasses started to fog up. 
And I started to become aware that some days are starting to become a little bit more difficult than others. Stress starts to set in and the satisfaction, commitment, energy, and creativity started to precipitate. And this is where I traded in my burp cloths for some serious essential oils like lavender to calm me down because I was starting to get very overwhelmed and overworked. And then the third stage sunk in and that's chronic stress. And this is an actual change in your stress levels. This is where you actually rip off those rose colored glasses altogether. You pull your hair back using any sort of hair tie rope or shoestring that you can find. And you start grasping at straws to try to undergo and get a hold of this prolonged stress that's been happening over a certain amount of time. And these symptoms include persistent tiredness, procrastination, lack of momentum and motivation, and an intense caffeine consumption. And then the fourth and most familiar stage that arrives is burnout. And this is where symptoms become critical for most people. This is where it becomes impossible to actually be your normal self and to find joy in really any activity or to be grateful for anything at all, like perhaps having kids, a spouse and friends and health and wealth or anything in between. This is where songs on the radio start to sound especially annoying, where we don't really crave our favorite foods. We just crave anything else besides the actual task that we started off with, with a super duper high. And so if chronic stress goes on for too long, then you transition into the fifth phase and that's habitual burnout. And this final stage of burnout is not a joke by any means. This, this stage actually includes symptoms that are embedded into your life and become significant ongoing mental, physical, or emotional problems instead of just the occasional stress that you might feel at times. And this was my rock bottom. This is where I wanted to pull a Britney Spears, literally shave my head, get rid of the hair ties altogether. And this is where coffee didn't become strong enough to get me to do anything at all. And I just wanted to quit. I wanted to quit being a mom. I wanted to cave into my stress and literally just give up. I know that is so heartbreaking to say out loud. And I know it's so sad to say because a lot of people would feel so blessed to have kids. And I feel so bad saying that out loud now as my two-year-old hands me trucks and wants to learn about things like excavators and numbers and Disneyland and anything in between. And I can't imagine my life without him. But at the time, I couldn't enjoy being a mom because I was so burnt out and overwhelmed. Burnout does not discriminate. Everyone is fair game to be affected by burnout. And I know most of you can identify with at least one phase of burnout. But because burnout is prevalent, we have to prepare for it. We have to recognize the symptoms, the mentality, and the strength that it will take to become really good at combating it. And the good news is that you absolutely can. Ideally, the goal is to create good coping strategies that keep you within the honeymoon phase. Just like any illness, it's important to be preventative and to get ahead of it and learn how to cope when the going gets tough. But I also think there's one piece of the burnout puzzle that is absolutely critical to include, and especially in this recipe for success, and that is grit. Without a positive perspective and the perseverance to power into your passion for a prolonged amount of time, burnout will rear its ugly head. It's just science. Grit is what is going to decide the champions from the losers. Grit is what is going to decide what gets you from saying, oh yeah, I tried that job for a year and I, I quit. I hated it so much, I just decided to give up. Or yeah, that job or that task was really, really hard in hindsight, but I'm so glad I got through it and didn't give up because now I have the conditioning to pursue any task that comes my way. But most importantly, 
Grit is what is going to get you to accomplish anything worth accomplishing in life. For me, that was parenthood. I was burnt out when my son became four months old, four months old. I still have at least like 65 more years of this, according to Time Magazine, who said that millennials could live to be over 100. How the heck was I going to survive being a mom, let alone a spouse or a friend, or God forbid, have time to explore passions and career moves for myself? But what I realized in my burnout was one critical thing. Caffeine is a hell of a drug, but so is passion. So I leaned into passion, got back into my honeymoon phase, and figured out what the heck do I need to do with my life now? I realized that I was living for everyone else's schedules. I was living on their passions. I was living on their meals, their restrictions, and their motivations, and not my own. So I ran to my closet, dusted off my rose-colored glasses, put on my favorite yoga pants, and literally wrote out a goal roadmapping strategy for my life. I was so burnt out that I was in survival mode, and I knew I had to do something to fill my cup, feed my soul, so that I could start feeding the souls of others. Within 30 days, I 3X'd my income. I had zero income as a stay-at-home mom, but it's still fair game to say I 3X'd my income in 30 days. I landed two jobs contracting, working from home full time with my son still at home, still had time for workout classes, and I never felt more rested. Why? Because when you fill your life with things that keep you in the honeymoon phase and you're oozing passion, you maintain your focus, your perseverance, and your strength instead of trying to grind in the wrong places. There is no shame in being a stay-at-home mom. There's no shame in being a mom. In fact, 86% of women in the U.S. are moms. But there's not enough talk about the burnout associated with being a parent and the impossible task list that we have to combat every single day. But one thing I know to be true for people who are parents and for those of us who are not is that if you fill your task list with things that serve you, you will pick up socks around the house with a smile, you'll step on a Lego and laugh instead of cry, and you'll be much happier, healthier, and richer both in wealth and health. So I wanna ask you this, just some questions for you to think about. Are you maximizing your honeymoon phase as you're going through this next chapter or this next task of your life? Are you married to the right solutions to get you through whatever it is that you started and you want to accomplish? Are you asking yourself the right questions to find out how to stay focused and actually persevere? Are you stuck trying to be perfect at everything and leaning into the endless cycle of burnout? Or are you willing to find what it takes to maintain your honeymoon phase and lunge yourself back into your why of why you even got started doing this task in the first place? William James said, it is our attitude at the beginning of a difficult task, which more than anything else will affect its successful outcome. So my thing for you today is remember your why, remember why you started. Maintain that high you were on when you started and get really, really good at staying within this mental and physical space and you won't have to have burnout visit you. So my wish and my challenge for you today is to maintain your rose-colored glasses, cherish them, find what it is that will make you passionate and powerful, maintain that grit to stay in your lane and just get the thing done. It's what you do when you're tired that counts most. And my mission is to help you accomplish any goals that you might have without letting fear, anxiety, doubt, or burnout get in your way. I am your number one fan. I truly am. If I'm in a room with you, I want to see you succeed. And so I wanna get you where you need to be. So with that, I wanna use the rest of my time 
to hear from all of you beautiful people because I know that everyone can learn so much as a collective instead of just hearing me talk today. So I would love to open up the stage to my favorite people on the planet and to hear from all of you. So with that, I'd love to see some mic flashes or to have anyone drop in. And can we clap tips. first? Can we clap first? Because that was awesome right there. <laughs> that was, clap, that clap, was clap, amazing. Clap. That was amazing. So flash amazing. those mics first. Wow, Lauren, thank you. I'm sorry. Wow, Fave Five. That's what I'm talking about. That's why you're in my Fave Five, because you're amazing. That was amazing. Thank you. Glenn, I love it. I'm always up for some applause. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. So with that, amazing. does anybody want to chime in? Hey, Lauren, it's McKinley here down at the bottom in the, the blue circle. I have to get up, as Glenn says. I am fired up, first of all, by this chat this morning. First of all, the last speaker who just spoke, there was so much enthusiasm. And Lauren, to your credit, like, I see why Glenn has you in his top five, fab five, because, like, I think you just got up into the mod circle and you have been delivering steadily. Like, your messages are getting better, your performance, the way you communicate. Not only are you beautiful, but you're more beautiful as a person on the inside. And that's what I love about you and what you have to say Lauren thank you so much for the topic about burnout I think it's such a crucial topic right now because so many of us are dealing with mental health challenges we're not talking about it for me mental health is nothing new dealing with struggles with like you know bipolar disorder depression anxiety those things are not new for me you talked about it being a medical condition which I love that you noted because I have a friend white girl who's married right and she 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 was she got diagnosed with burnout medically and i thought she was joking at first but the pandemic has messed like a lot of us up and what you said in the layers and the way that you explain that is so true you know and we have to tend to our mental health i mean you know as as a person of color like with you know with some of the images that i see on tv the racial trauma but just the pandemic itself we're all hurting we're all hurting and it's time that we start talking about our feelings it's time we start uh, you know, resonating with our mental health, getting honest about how, how we really feel. You know, this burnout culture, it's like we have to just do more and more and more and more. But sometimes what we really need to do is, is really subtract. That's what I need to do, I realize. Sometimes when you're trying to do too much, it, you, you get burnout. We can't do it all. I'm a human being. I'm not a machine. You know what I'm saying? So what I realized is instead of trying to do this, that, and the other, and sometimes here on Clubhouse, you'll be pulled in a million different directions. Sometimes you have to scale back. You have to really think about what is it that, and I've had to do this, what do I really want? And I've really had to do that. You know, and for me, my magic and the thing that really wakes me up, it's the community building and it's the relationship building and the, the ability to be able to talk to different people from all walks of life, whether I do it on camera, whether I do it here, uh, you know, in, in this in this circle, on, on, in social online spaces, whether I'm doing it, you know, on social media, it's that connection. So Lauren, thank you so much for that. I hope to connect with you. I think you're magical. This is McKinley with the blue ring at the bottom and I'm done speaking, guys. McKinley, now I'm standing up. Now I'm fired up and pumped up. I'm telling you, it is Glenn <laughs> there. It is Glenn stuff. He got me on that. I love it. We're going to call it our Glenn vitamin, vitamin Glenn. Oh my God. McKinley, you said so many things that I, that I have to highlight. One of them in, in particular is that sometimes it means subtracting. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, it's ironic for me because when I was a stay at home mom, everybody's like, well, what do you have to complain about? You're at home. Your husband is paying for your bills. Like you are just taking care of a kid. 
But to me, that meant subtracting that and actually adding on more because the things that I was doing, the endless cycles of, of being up, you know, every two hours to take care of your kid or do the impossible, I needed to subtract that in order to make room for other things. Sometimes it isn't just about the quantity of the things that we're doing, it's the quality of the things that we're doing. You need to fill your plate with things that are gonna get you to get up and do the thing, right? Whether that means doing a thousand things or one, it doesn't matter. It, it's what makes sense for you. And so if that means that you're doing a hundred things that aren't serving you, let's get rid of them. Let's fill that plate with a thousand things that are serving you. It's not the quantity of the things that you're doing, it's the quality. But I love McKinley that you, that you address, that for you it means I'm doing too many things that are not serving me, that are not providing for my why, that are not giving quality to my life. Oh, McKinley, I love you so, so much. And thank you so much for that share. I know you resonate with so many people. And if anything, you resonate with me. Now I'm standing up and walking around. So thank you so, <laughs> so much. Love you too, Lauren. I can't wait to join the stage with you and talk to you more up there. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Thank you so much. Likewise. Okay. Who else wants to speak up and share? Coach, I see you flashing. Did you want to jump? Of course. Thank you for this. Because this, oh man. And McKinley, thank you. Because you pushed me to, to talk a little bit more. And, you know, earlier we talked about mental health and men being vulnerable and Earlier this week, my segment was about recovery because that was something that was on my heart because of my current state. And I felt like other people needed to hear it. And then today, Lauren, what you just presented is such perfect timing, right? It's amazing how God works. Now, wow. So I have realized that taking on more, just like McKinley just said, Sometimes it's subtracting, right? Sometimes I just realized, you know, taking on more could be a thing of pride. And when you're at, when you, when you have extra opportunities and things coming into your life, and then you ask everybody around you, you know, your trusted circle or whoever, you ask all these people, what do you think about this opportunity? Should I take it? Should I do this? Should I do that? They're going to tell you, yes, it's a great opportunity, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, your pride is your pride is also saying yes, but you're adding more to your plate because of your pride. And I'm speaking of myself. Right? I've added so much. What what is that? What in the world is that? I've added so much more to my plate, right? Because everybody else thought it was a good idea. You know who I didn't ask? Myself. I didn't ask me. I listened to what everybody else said. Oh, yeah, I, that'd be a great opportunity. Blah, blah, blah. Well, when I retired from pro football, I didn't ask no one else. I asked myself. I'm like, yeah, I am tired of this. I'm out of here. Right? And I have, I have, I really feel like I have started to experience burnout. You know, I canceled, I canceled work this week. I told my guys I'm not coming in the gym. You won't see me until June. I'm out of here because I, I feel like I've started to experience that burnout because I've taken on so much more because everyone else thought it was a good idea, but I didn't ask myself, you know? And sometimes you'll be, you'll be successful as long as you're living up to everybody else's expectations. They think you're successful, but do you feel happy? Do you feel successful, right? And for me, man, what you just said, I really feel like I'm about to 
burnout if I don't take a step back. And that's being completely honest, completely vulnerable. If I don't take a step back, I feel like I will burn out. That's why I spoke on recovery. And then you just confirmed it with your segment. You just confirmed it. So I'm going to sit down. I'm not going to stand up. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to figure out what that looks like for me. And I'm not asking nobody. I'm not asking no one else. I'm going to go in prayer and I'm going to ask the one who knows best. And I just thank you. I thank you for your confirmation. Your segment confirmed everything I needed to hear. So thank you, Lauren. And thank you, McKinley, for chiming in too. Lauren, this is Gina. Hey, girl. My favorite Um, mama on Clubhouse. Well, first of all, um, Coach Isaac, I have to say I am um, proud of you for acknowledging that and standing up for something that might not be so popular, you know, taking a step back, knowing that you need that time. So I applaud you, brother. That is fantastic for you. Lauren, I had to, because you mentioned it after McKinley. Hey, McKinley. Um, And I wanted to make sure that we went back to that because you talked about being a mom and how, you know, how hard it was afterward. And girl, I really can resonate with you on that. And that time of my life, I felt was one of the darkest periods of my life where mental health was really at the forefront of what I did. I mean, I went from being a CEO boss mama, like woman, to being a stay-at-home mom. I was a control freak. And when you have a baby, no one tells you how hard it is, how lonely it is how much you're going to cry. No one tells you breastfeeding is natural, but it's not easy. You're up all night. And then the resentment with your partner. I resented my husband. He got to stay home for a week or whatever. Normal body, doesn't have anything clinging to it. And he gets to go back to work and his life is almost the same. My life went from me running an organization to sitting at home with this completely dependent thing. My hormones were out of control. I was lonely. I cried all the time. And it took a lot of energy and a lot of effort and a lot of help from um, functional medicine doctors and support. But you know what? I'm committed now, committed, and Lauren, you know this, to having a space to create a community for moms, for working moms, for stay-at-home moms, for females that need a community because we need each other in order to get through the hardest times of our lives. People say, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I'm like, girl, I was a CEO. Having a baby rocked my world. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. I have a friend who's a neurologist. She's a Harvard graduate neurologist. And she's like, Gina, I would do law. I would do, um, MD school five times over. This is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It is so hard having that community of women and moms to have your back. I wish, I wish I had clubhouse and I wish I had that community after my daughter, because I feel as though community and being able to express how we feel with one another and relate to one another and know we're not alone is so, so paramount and key to making sure that we stand with each other and improve our mental health and are there for one another so we can get through one of the hardest but most beautiful times of our entire life. So thank you for touching upon that, Lauren. I'm Gina. 
Gina, you are so welcome. And I'm going to address you in a second because I could do that all day, but I have to address coach also because coach, the fact that you said you're going to sit down and not stand up made me really happy. Some of the best decisions you could ever make for yourself come with a pause, not a jump. So good for you. That is absolutely the right move. And sometimes that means taking a mental health day, clearing off your entire calendar because the world around you will be just fine, but you need to be fine first. So I'm really proud of you. All right, coach. Good job. I'm so proud of you. Gina, yes, you amaze me every single day. You went from C-level exec to what I would call a promotion of being a mom, right? It is the hardest job on the planet. And it's not until you become one that you fully understand. And this is not to discredit anyone that isn't a parent or hasn't done something hard, but the mental strength that it takes to give up your entire life for the purpose of someone else overnight is incomparable to any other job or aspiration or career move on the planet. There's no other time in our life where we just give up everything and everybody asks how the baby's doing and, how, and not how you're doing, right? And it takes a really strong woman to admit that being a mom is hard. And so I commend you for starting a movement. You've clearly captured the lives and the attention of so many women on the planet. So thank you so much for being you and thank you for what you're doing. You're my favorite mama on Clubhouse. And if you guys haven't been to the mom link yet, you absolutely need to. This includes men and women, mama, no kids. It doesn't matter. She is a very inspirational and powerful woman that is helping people feel good about themselves. That's all it is. Thank you so much, Gina. I am so proud of you. Who else wants to share? I do. Can I jump in and share? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. Auntie Anita, and then we'll go Heidi, and then we'll go Michael. Oh my God, Lauren. I really enjoyed your segment. I just got to drop the mic from one statement you said. You said, remember the why and maintain the high. That was when you started doing what you're doing. Remember the why and maintain the high when you started. That resonated with me. I just want to say thank you. I'm at work, but I just had to come in and say thank you, thank you, thank you for this segment. It lit another fire in me. Uh, I'm Anita the Clubhouse Auntie. Thank you. Auntie, I love you so much and thank you. I'm so glad I resonated with you. Yes, maintain the high, y'all. Get high on life. Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay, who was next? Heidi. Yes, thank you so much, Lauren. This is so amazing. I'm a mom of six girls. (laughs) So, um, I've done this a few times. Uh, I was a teacher prior, and then I had five girls. I was still teaching full-time, and I will tell you, it is one of the hardest things. I could have a classroom full of kids, but one crying baby, and all six of my girls were colic. I mean, they cried around the clock. So it is so tough, and in the middle of all of that, my fifth child, I was like, I can't do this. I can't get up. I can't go to school in the morning. I have five girls at home now this is crazy I drop them off at daycare at six o'clock in the morning I get home at six o'clock at night so um crazy me decided you know that was my burnout and I was going to jump into starting my own business (laughs) so that to me was my passion it helped me you know it took my fifth child into it to to realize this but it, it that was eight years ago so this has that poignant moment, this one night when I was just sitting up and like, I, I can't do this. I can't do this for another 32 years. 
I can't get up and go to school. I can't, I just can't. So sometimes when you push to the brink, it allows you to walk into greatness. And I'm not saying like I'm a great person or, you know, I'm like, what I'm doing is so fantastic, but I love what I'm doing. It's a passion that I have. And I have, I get to share it with so many people. And I, you know, I tell my team this all the time. Sometimes we have to slow down to speed up. If you're at that point, you have to take a seat back, slow down to really evaluate and then speed up. So I just want to thank you for that, Lauren. Being a mom is hard. <laughs> Being a parent is hard. And I just appreciate everything you have to say regarding mental health and, you know, just taking that time back to, to avoid burnout. So thank you. This is Heidi. I'm done speaking. Heidi. You are my hero. Six kids. I think about Glenn too. Glenn's got eight kids besides all of us. He's got eight kids. So you guys are accomplishing the impossible. And I'm so proud that you stepped into your power and went after whatever it is, even if it meant after child five, you you didn't care that you had all this to do. You still have five, 10, 15 meals to pack today. You still have all these things going on at home, but you said, I got to do stuff outside the home because it serves me first. And you, my friend, are amazing. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for your share. And I'm so happy to know you. Michael, are you are you still here? Hey, you ready hey Lauren. Hey, hey, Lauren. How are you? Great. How are you? I, I am phenomenal. I just wanted to say that the devil did not want me to hear your message this morning because I heard the first part and then my phone kept glitching. I had to turn my phone back off, but I I believe I got to hear the most important part, right? Like, and, and Gina and Coach and everything that everybody's just said is, for me, uh, my burnout was, I'm going to be honest, um, I was in the fitness industry at the very top 1% of it for almost, tw for just over 20 years. And I was burnt out. I was seeing 55 to 60 clients where my friends were seeing 25 to 30. And I just got burnt out. And I'm like, I'm just like, uh, I'm just like what, what our last speaker just said is that I, I couldn't handle it. Like I was like, I'm going to sell my business. I sold my business. Um, I had been praying about an option and a very close friend in ministry. And my wife said, God is about to give you something bigger where you're going to be able to gain your time back. And then you're going to be able to scale that. You're going to have multiple businesses. And that was literally 10 years ago, about two weeks ago. And uh, it's happened. It's happened exactly how she said it has. And it came through burnout. But here's what I learned from what you said, Lauren. And, and this is so super important the way that people listen is that um, I, I set boundaries now where I don't allow myself to do that, right? And my wife is the most gracious and incredible human on earth, where she says, I want you two to three times a year to just go away for 10 to 12 days and do what coach talked about on his show yesterday and just be alone, sit. If you've got stuff that you need to catch up on and just say no. And he said, it's okay. It's, it's okay to say no. It's okay to set those boundaries. So I just wanted to say, Lauren, I am super impressed by you. I'm super impressed by your humility and your integrity. And just what you shared today, just really, I, I'm, I'm, you, you've made my day. This whole day has made my day. We laughed this morning. Uh, rise and grind didn't go the way we wanted it to go, but you just made my day and I just want to say thank you. And I'm so grateful for you. And, and I'm glad that you have a segment on breakfast with champions. Michael, thank you. You just made mine. Gosh, thank you so, so much. I really appreciate you saying that. And I want to highlight what you highlighted that I said that now I want to highlight, which is about boundaries. 
It's saying no. It's saying, and it's okay to say no, right? We talked, my segment last week, we actually talked about no without redirection is just rejection. So taking a no and how you use it is what is going to get you to do the thing. What It's actually what's going to get you to accomplish something. A no is a tool and it can be used for good or it can be used for bad. But when it comes to setting boundaries, you better believe that a no is going to be your best friend because it's going to get you where you need to be. And whether that's sitting and thinking or it's actually getting up and standing and doing the thing, you have to decide what that means for you. And you're so right, Michael. Lean into those boundaries. And I also love that you said, twice or three times a year, you get to go do a, a moment for yourself, right? And it's it sounds like it's something really awesome that you get all this, you know, you get to set, carve out some time in your schedule to think or play or be creative or whatever it is. And I want to highlight that too. I love that you get big moments to do that, right? But I think sometimes too, what I found in the busy grind of parenthood is sometimes it can just happen in minutes. So like I wake up at 4.30 or 5 every single day and it's because I want to get up before everyone else because I need to sit with myself and make some of those decisions so that the day can go well. And I didn't realize that until I became a mom. I had to really think about how am I going to set some expectations and standards for myself with my boundaries, but most importantly, what do I do with those bound? How do I carve those boundaries into my schedule to make sure that I'm bulletproof throughout the day? Right. <clears throat> and so sometimes it just takes a couple quality minutes with yourself to go, Hey, are we doing the right thing? Are we focused? How are we doing? Are we good? Let's do a little mirror talk. Let's figure out what's going on and then make sure that we're aligned. And if something inside of you is burning and saying, uh, uh, we're off track, something's up. Let's talk about it. Take five more minutes. Talk to yourself about it. It's like the guy that's, chipping away and then his axe becomes really dull and if he doesn't step back and sharpen it he's just going to keep chipping away sometimes it's taking that moment to step back sometimes it's two minutes of just breathing and sitting with figuring out good keep trying along let's keep doing the thing but if it means five more minutes take those five minutes take a knee for yourself do what you got to do but it's about getting it, getting through it. It's about sustainability. It's not about the sprint. People don't win sprints, right? They win marathons, right? So we got to make sure that we can be sustainable. And sometimes it means pivoting and creating those boundaries. Thank you, Michael, so, so much for that share. Who's next? Anybody? Oh, I see Solana. Did you want to share? Good morning. Hi, Lauren. This is if this is so it's right on time. It's so good. I'm in this whole transition of um, recreating myself and being in a place of burnout and, you know, starting over at in the middle, if, if you want to say, of my life, I will. And, and then I got to a point where I closed my business after 35 years in the beauty industry and i know you were talking about children but in my life it was my my business and it was like i was on this path and it was good and i loved it but i wasn't getting the results that i needed and i knew that i was on the wrong road and i knew the path that i was taking i was never going to get to where i feel like i was called to be so i closed it and then i started this new thing and i'm like okay well which way to go and then it got to a point where like this is not it either you know and so then i just kept seeking and sometimes you have to just be still and get the direction and knowing that the path has already been laid out like we're already 
we already victorious, but we definitely need to be on purpose. We need to be intentional. We need to have those boundaries and be really focused on the target, not just shooting in the dark, you know, like not just running in a circle and just busy work all the time. So then I just was, I just stepped back and I just asked God, like, what? And then I was led to this breakfast with champions. And then I got in this group with, with the elite uh, rise and grind. And Eric Thomas was saying, like, sometimes when you're young, you don't know yourself. And I got in a relationship and I got pregnant on prom night and my life just, you know, it just went and I just went with it. But I'm in a place now where I can stand back and say, oh, I can create this. I can curate what the Lord has for me. Like I can trust the fact that he's gonna take care of me and not let me down. I'm victorious anyway. It's all gonna work out, honey, I'm here for it. And I, you do, you just have to take a break and just just let let God sometimes and, and and in here it's like take action take action but really you gotta know what is the action what's the plan so i'm grateful for this and all the shares and i'm telling you guys rock and and we got this we just gotta keep going so god bless and i'll talk to you guys soon this is solana rich and i am just getting started Yes, you are, Solana. Thank you. Oh my gosh, girlfriend. I love your fire. I can listen to that all day. But you said something that really resonated with me. You were basically saying in all of the words, and I'm going to use my own to sum it up because it, you said it so perfectly. You were just kind of shooting from the hip. And then it wasn't until you took a break and let go and let God is when the universe started answering to you. And I think that's what it takes. It takes that focus. It takes the moment to realign the sails, right? Are we headed in the right direction? Are we just moving to move? Am I just doing this to do this? Am I going to college because somebody else asked me to do it? Am I just doing this job because it makes me the most money, but I'm the least happy I've ever been? What are we doing? Are we doing it to be successful? Are we doing it to just check a box with HR? Like, what are we actually doing? Is it creating an impact or am I just here to make money? Right, that, that, that saying that says, right? Like he's so broke, like all he has is money or whatever that saying is like, I, that resonates with me all the time. It's not always about doing what you think you're supposed to do. It's stopping and saying, is this the right thing that I'm supposed to do? Right. Am I doing all of the moves that make sense for me so that I can sustain a passionate, healthy, wealthy life? Or do I need to make some decisions right now to alter who that is and to just go all in? I think Heidi was the one that was talking about how she was she was a mom and she was doing some, something, but then she just said, I can't do this anymore. And sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes you have to go through the burnout to get there, but you better answer to the calling when it comes at your door and says, I, you need to make a change. It's time. It's that time. And it's okay. It's, it's okay that you've been chipping away at this for a decade. But maybe now it's run its course. Maybe now it's time to try that something new or to jump into something. And I believe we do everything to learn, right? It's a lesson or a blessing. And I think it's sometimes it takes that moment to just stop and recognize, is this supposed to be the long game? Or is this just supposed to happen for this season so that I can get to that next thing? So thank you so much for sharing. I really appreciate you, Solana, and you fired me up. So thank you. Who thank else you wants to share? Dr. Connell, when you're ready, Lauren, I think there was another voice in front of me. Oh, sure. Okay. Uh, was that you, Dr. Connor? 
Because no, I just heard another voice there, just as I unmiked. So, okay. I don't know who the other person was. I'll go after. Alrighty, who who spoke up? I just said thank you more than you know. This is Solana. Oh, hey, Solana, you're so welcome. All right, Dr. Connor, it's all yours. All right, cool. Thank you, Lauren. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying there. You you got to look at the long game before you even get into something, be it a job or whatever else, because, I mean, in the past, I was in a teaching position and I loved teaching. I was with young people and I gave an awful lot to it. I know I did because I got a lot of feedback from people, young people, the parents and so on. And there wasn't really a time where I didn't go in every day and not smile because of uh, just the youthful creation and just the happiness of young people this you know the surprise that they would give and the jokes and all of that that they would tell but after a while what happened in a particular staff room was that the staff even though they were highly trained and they did a, a lot of communication with each other they just overly stressed themselves out and that's when I think the burnout came for me in that particular position because the people were really intelligent, really well qualified. They had loads of meetings, but they used to bring all of the information back into the staff room. And so much so that when you took a break, 10 minutes here and there, there was they were always just talking about pupils and students. And that was no good because a break is supposed to be not just physical, it's supposed to be mental. And what it does and what it did for me was that I really didn't realize it at the time because I was doing all my meditation and all my work. But even still, when you're around people like that as a group, not more so personally with regard to one individual, but as a group of people, and then when you finish and you leave it, that's when you kind of feel your cup filling up again, your energy, your kind of your ability to kind of sustain certain conversations like repetitive conversation just for the sake of saying it, just for the sake of talking about pupils, because a lot of people in that group were unable to have dead air, unable to be comfortable around each other. So as it turned out, there was a lot of personalities that clashed with each other that didn't actually like each other. And I was only there for a couple of years, so I didn't realize it at the time until afterwards when I heard other stories and stuff like that. So it's about the energy, I think, that you can get that energy from other people. And as we know, those people that you have, those say four or five people that are around you, if you want to go forward in anything, you have to have the right, the right people around you, the right energy. And that's what Breakfast with Champions gives, aims to give and does give because it's communal energy. And one thing said by one person and the way it's said in a very enthusiastic way motivates somebody else. Because like 10 minutes ago, I wouldn't even have thought about this particular uh, thing from this particular angle until it was said by previous speakers. So it's about being around the right energy and it's great to be in this room, guys, today. The Golden Dr. Connor. Dr. Connor, that was really powerful. And you're so right. We have to, like you said, that break is not just supposed to be like the physical, it's the mental break. I believe that the physical follows the mental. So if the mental upstairs is saying, oh yeah, let's just keep checking on, checking on, burnout is rearing its ugly head and you're so right. But then on top of that, the community aspect. I know for a fact, I got that from Breakfast with Champions too. I used to hang out in the audience and start my day drinking my lemon water, hopping onto the treadmill. And I knew I was going to have a good day because I had Breakfast with Champions. Right. And now 
as I, as I became more inclusive in the community, I'm getting to speak here. And I am so grateful because I get to give back. I get to contribute. And I now have all of you as my accountability partners and my family. And I know I can lean on you to get where I need to be. I know I'm going to get my daily dose of vitamin Glenn and all of you to come in and to pour into me and into each other. And that's what it takes. It takes a community. I believe that's why there's 400 plus of us that come into this room every single day and we sit and we just marinate with all the goodness that people have to say because we know life is a team sport. We are not meant to do it alone. And so the fact that we have this accountability and especially cheers to you, Glenn, because you make it happen for all of us. So I'm so glad you highlighted that, Dr. Connor, because it is so, so true. Accountability and community is everything in order to hit that sustainability. So thank you so, so much for that share. Who else wants to jump in? I'll hop in here, Lauren. This has been awesome, it's joy. And you said something, you said, sometimes you have to take a knee for yourself. Oh. I wrote that down and was like, that is going to go on my desk because I think we get to a place where we go, 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 go. And then we just fall over and crash and burn and we're no good to anybody. And sometimes it's saying, Hey, like I got to give my own self a timeout, you know, let me sit down for a minute so that I can come back stronger. And sometimes we don't voluntarily do that for ourselves until we're like needing emergency, um, <laughs> like bring me back to life. So I love what you said there. And I think that is something we can all take away saying sometimes we just have to take a knee for ourselves. And, you know, maybe when you see people who you recognize are in that state of burnout to tell them that it's okay to take a knee. Um, and sometimes we need to hear that from our friends to say, Hey, like you're going hard. And if you keep on going the same direction, like you're going to burn out. So let me do you a favor and give you permission to take a knee. Um, so whether we do that for ourselves or for other people, I think that's so crucial. Um, I think we've all been in a space of burnout and wouldn't wish on anybody. So having walked through that myself, I think it's just important to give ourselves grace um, when we need a break so we can come back stronger. So love the segment and you're crushing it. Thank you, Joy. You're my instant cup of happiness. So thank you so much for being here. And thank you for highlighting that. You're so right. We see it on the football field, right? They take a knee and everyone else takes a knee. Sometimes it's all of us taking a moment to step back and go, we're going to take a moment of silence right now. And we do it for each other, but we, sometimes we just fail to do it for ourselves, right? We got to be patient with ourselves. We got to know 90% of the time I'm doing 100% of the things that I can, right? And so if I can just take a knee right now and just say to myself with some grace and some empathy, you're killing it. It's okay. But let's take a moment to breathe and figure out, is this what we want to keep doing, right? Are we, are we good? Are we going to keep playing? Or do we need to go back to the bench for a little while? Like, what do we need to do? Coach, I know you can resonate with this and don't laugh at my football terminology, but like you get where I'm going with this. It's like, sometimes it takes a collective group of people to go, Hey, like we got you. It's okay. We can do this together. But most importantly, you got to be able to, to recognize that moment for yourself, right? The team can't run without you and you can't run without you. So sometimes taking that knee and just taking a moment of grace and empathy for yourself is what is going to lunge you to the next chapter. It's going to get you to that next place, but you have to be able to recognize it and to be able to jump in and say, this is a knee, knee worthy moment. Thank you, Joy, for bringing that up and highlighting that. I think that was an incredible share, an incredible ad. Who else wants to jump in? for what you just said, Lauren, 
So in football, there's this thing called the two-minute drill. And in the two-minute drill is when the offense, you know, it's, it's crunch time. You're rushing. You're trying to score within two minutes. You're trying to just speed down the field. And on defense, there's always a designated player. When everybody gets tired, that player is designated to take a knee. And what that does is it makes the refs call a timeout because they think the player is injured, right? So there's a, a type of analogy for you about taking that knee. When things are just getting too fast and too heavy and you can't catch your breath, take that knee. Boom. Thank you, coach. That's exactly the visual that I needed and the actual playbook that I needed on how it actually gets done. So thank you. Thank you so much. Um, there's another thing that I wanted to touch on, and I have a 90-10 rule. And what I tell myself is, all right, if I'm doing the best I can 90% of the time, I have to realize that there's going to be about 10% of what I'm doing that might fail or that might not work out. But I have to just be okay with that. And sometimes it flips. 90% of what I'm doing isn't working out and I'm only getting 10% results. But can I shift it to get a balance? Can I shift some of that weight in certain places to make moves for myself so that I can actually get to where I want to be? I think if we think that we can operate at 110% capacity all the time, it's not going to work out, right? That's what I call a sprint. You're constantly sprinting. And then eventually you're not going to be able to fill up that tank. So it takes taking that knee. It takes stopping and just sitting there at that gas station and going, okay, cool. I'm getting what I need. I'm getting that fuel. I'm getting restocked and reloaded. And I'm going to come back stronger than ever. And then you can push forward even farther than you thought you could if you were to just keep going. So I think it's important to set those boundaries with yourself, make sure that you fill up your cup, right? And then figure out, you know, what is that perfect ratio for me? Because some people, they can go, go, go all the time and that works for them. I think Glenn is one of those people. He runs on four hours of sleep every single night. He's doing all these things. He's running all these businesses. He's doing whatever that works for him. And, and like Glenn always says, that's just what he knows. That's all he knows now. He's gotten to a place where that works for him. That's sustainable. But for some of us, it might mean slowing down. It might be, we're, we're just not built like that, but that's okay. It takes taking that moment to work with yourself and figure out what is my speed, right? Am I the person that can actually sprint or am I more of a marathon runner? How am I going to train for that race of life, right? Dr. Connor talked about that. It's a long-term game. We are here for a long time and a good time, so we might as well do it at the right time, right? What are those things that we have to do in order to meet our long-term goals? And if that means breaking it up into sprints, by all means, go for it. But if you're the type of person that's like a slow burn, go for that too. Dr. Rose said yesterday that, you know, some people are like roses and they have to bloom on their own. That's an okay place to be too. Maybe you are that person that just kind of sits and figures it out and takes your time. And then eventually everybody's coming to you and asking you how you did it, right? But for other people, maybe they're bull at a chine shop. They're coming and swinging and they're they're doing the thing and they're they're trying to figure out you know, 
they're trying to figure everything out by just cracking all the nuts open at the same time. They're just like, boom, 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 boom. And everybody's got their speed, but what's going to work for you. And one of the things that's really helped me is a mentor. And so I've leaned on my mom because my mom accomplished the impossible all the time. She raised three girls that were all under the age of three and she did it all on her own. Though my dad was there, God bless him. He was not there. If you know what I mean, he was very checked out as a dad. And so it was basically us running the, it was the kids kind of running the asylum at that point. And my poor mom was trying to do the impossible and she burnt out very, very fast. And what ended up happening is the kids grabbed onto that. We grabbed onto that burnout mentality. And I know when I became a mom, I started to do the same thing. I was just trying to do the impossible, get everything done. And it ended up actually hurting my kids, my husband, everybody in between. And it was really impossible to sustain. And so once I recognized like this was also a learned behavior, that's when I decided, okay, I need to figure out how to pivot. I need to make some moves to not repeat this cycle. Like we learn so much from our parents and we learn so much from mentors and we learn, but sometimes it takes going out and finding a new person to give you new perspective, to give you new ways to do things, right? That's why we have coaches like coaches in the NFL. You need to find that person that can show you things you can't see on your own, that can take you to places you can't go by yourself, within yourself or outside of yourself. Because if you're just running the race and you're running on that hamster wheel and you're not getting anywhere, it's time for a change. It's time for somebody to open up a new lane for you and show you a new way to do it. And so I had to go to my mom and she basically wrote out, here's all the things I did and why you shouldn't do them. And then I was able to pivot from there. And I, I firmly believe too, if you're going through a state of burnout, find a coach, find a therapist, like find a, an educated person that's not only you know qualified to give you that advice, but to also show you the path because they've walked it. So does anybody else want to share? Nate, I just saw you on mic. If Nate isn't there, Olivia would love to share on um, what you just stated about having a coach. Um, yeah, Nate, are you in. there? I don't want to jump in if you are there. Okay, so um, I burned myself out when I first started my business. Um, I was trying to do any and everything. I was trying to be a mom to two kids, even though dad was there to help. I was just trying to do everything on my own and I was failing miserably. Um, I had to realize that it's important to have somebody there that's gonna not be afraid to tell you what you're doing wrong and to hold you accountable for what you're doing. Um, if I never hired my mentor or got this coach with an EXP, I don't know where I would be right now. Um, I'm I'm able to have a lot of the burden that was on me has been removed. And this person has been able to um, let me know all the areas I was going wrong. Sometimes you need to hear, you need to hear from other people that know more than you, that do more than you, and they have to be the ones to let you know, okay, so you're moving a little bit too fast. What you're doing is not the right way. And uh, allow that per and that person has, cannot be afraid to tell you that either. Um, I, for, for three years in my real estate business, I didn't have a mentor. Um, I didn't have anyone I was going to, I swear I could do everything on my own. I didn't have any processes. I didn't have any type of, um, any, any strategies. 
And um, I just thought I was a Miss Know-it-all. And I've always had that problem, even with growing up. And then, you know, I had that, I, I had to realize that, no, you need someone that knows way more than you. I like to hang around people that know way more than me anyway. That's the only way I'm going to learn. But I had to realize that I had to do the same for my business. So I'm just glad that you elaborated on getting a coach and um, getting a mentor, knowing, having someone that's not going to be afraid to tell you what you need to do, what you're not, what you're doing is completely wrong and that you need to slow down. Sometimes if some, if there's no one there to tell you that you need to slow down, you're going to keep going and you're going to burn yourself out. And um, I've did it plenty of times. So I just wanted to add on to that. I'm loving this conversation. I really appreciate um, being on stage with you guys. And that's about it. Try to get you guys a mentor or coach is really important. Allow somebody to take that weight off of your shoulders. This is Olivia and I'm done speaking. Olivia, that was an amazing share. Thank you for sharing that. That's so true. And you said something that I think was amazing. You talked about how you had an ego and you thought you knew it all and you were like, nah, nah, I'm good. And I used to do that too. Oh God. And then it wasn't until I became a mom where I was like, oh Lord have mercy. I have, yep. no, idea. <laughs> I have no idea what I am doing. And that's what Gina was talking about. I had to lean into a community of people and books and classes and doctors. And I had to go, what the heck am I doing? Am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? And when it comes to parenting, there's no right or wrong way to do it. There's just somebody else's way that they've done it. And I think that's so true. But what happens is, is you need to find the person that resonates with you. Who is somebody that looks, talks, feels, and acts like you that you can identify with, that you trust, that's going to get you where you want to be. And so for me at the time, that was my mom, but she could only do so much. And so I did. I had to lean on other people to be better, faster, stronger at being a mom. Right. And it's, it's just what you said. you got to be able to lean into other people. But most importantly, do you know how to ask for help when you need it? Right. Too many people think, ah, yeah, 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 I got it. I'm good. I'll figure it out. It's just a time grind game. If I just put in the time, the work will come out. It's an input output equation. It's not always like that. Sometimes you got to figure out what is the actual thing that I'm doing and who do I need to talk to to get me there because they know how to get me there faster. It's like when you don't stop and ask for directions and you just keep driving around. What is the point to this? You could absolutely just stop, figure out the destination, work backwards, create a plan called a map and actually get there. And it's so doable. And we can do this in our personal lives. We can do this in our professional lives. And if we are, if we become really good at asking for directions and asking for help, we get to those places in a faster, stronger, better mentality and actually get to do the thing. Um, and so thank you so much for that, Olivia. And, and if you don't know how to ask for help, because I've been there so much, this is not directed to you, Olivia. This is directed to everybody. If you don't know how to ask for help, this is one thing I do that helps me. Think about when someone asks you for help. How do you feel? Don't you feel a little bit like, oh, they're coming to me? Huh, I must have the answer. They wanna know what I think about this. I know when somebody asks me, hey, Lauren, how do I do this thing? I instantly go, boom, expert mentality comes out. I give them my full advice and I, and I come at them with, oh my gosh, a little bit of grace because they think that I have the answers and so I can't let them down, right? So if you don't know how to ask for help, think about, the the respect and the honor that you're giving that person by saying hey i value what you have i value your opinion i value the path that you've walked on and i would love your time energy grace and empathy to help me get there and if you can get really good about you know asking for help 
then you'll be able to get there much faster and stronger um, and, and with a lot more clarity, right? You won't be hitting any roadblocks. I mean, sure, those are going to pop up, but you're going to get there much faster. So I think we have time for one more share or one more question before we actually wrap it up for the day. Hey, Lawrence Thomas. Yes. Hey, Thomas, jump in. Hi, sorry. I'm in surgery, so the monitoring hopefully is not bothering everybody. Um, I love the topic. Burnout for overachievers is like <laughs> one of the most common topics. So I, I think conditioning, you mentioned about gland and running on four hours a night um, and uh, people sleeping 10 hours, whatever the body needs. But most importantly, in my opinion, is conditioning. Eat properly, feed yourself proper food, sleep enough, a quality of sleep. It's not about 10 hours, eight hours. If you get four hours, you get a good, nice sleep at really quality. That makes a huge difference. Exercise every day, get into the routine that you can push yourself to get to that high level. Like the, like coach, you know, he's the master of that. He knows what it takes for a champion to become a champion by consistency. I think the burnout is that we want results immediately and we want to get there tonight or yesterday. And then we push it, push it, push it, and then we burn out. But if you get to a level of consistency and take care of your axes, you know, your brain, your body, your soul, you become invincible. And then you can work 16 hours a day and raise eight kids and be everywhere and accomplish all the tasks that you want. But I think the most important thing is conditioning. So thank you so much. Beautiful topic, Lauren, great job. And um, I wish you guys the best. This is Thomas and I'm done. Thank you, Thomas, so much. You are so right. It is all about conditioning, right? And I really appreciate you. And I hope you're okay. I hope this is a good surgery and you sound good. So I'm hoping you're doing really good. Um, but thank you so much for your share. Yeah, all good. Thank you. Okay, good. I'm so glad to hear it. Well, thank you so, so much, everyone, for another beautiful day with Breakfast with Champions. I hope something you heard today resonated with you and it'll make your life that much better. Um, again, follow the moderators. If anybody resonated with you, that's how it works on Clubhouse. The more people you follow, the more clubs you follow, the more you get access to um, you know, the incredible value in the shares that you heard today. Um, we are here every single day except for Sunday at 5 a.m. Eastern all the way to 11 a.m. And then at 6 a.m. on Saturdays, we also have Club 111 on Sundays. Um, and we have um, all of our beautiful moderators that open up all of their own rooms later in the day. So look for everyone littered throughout Clubhouse to get even more value on other topics. Um, so thank you so much, everyone, for another beautiful day and enjoy your day. And we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.